You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's Brian House, and you're listening to the Work For It podcast. Our primary focus is business in the workshop. And if you want us to see and discuss your work, use the hashtag WFI Projects on Instagram, and we will shout you out and your projects. Did you know you can support our work for as little as $1 a month or $12 a year? Go to patreon.com forward slash work for it to find out more. $12 a year? That's like a burrito. I love burritos. What's happening, everybody? It is Thursday morning, and you're listening to the Work Forward Podcast. I'm Brian House, and joining with me, as always, is Dr. Ryan Cone, <laughs> B Cone Knives. We're, we're sticking with that doctor, huh? We're, uh, well, we're not going to sharp. Is is there like a seasonality to, to, to sharp Santa? Because like, yeah, I we're think, just past yeah. it. I think. I think so. I think definitely you're you're making the transformation away from your jolly gift giving uh, scenario, and you're working towards getting back into your medical practice, and possibly, <laughs> possibly, your crash test dummy status <laughs> has now become oh my gosh another it, nicknamed dude. Brian the crash test dummy oh my gosh it has it, it has been a really rough week it's been crazy and I am super excited to put this week behind me because ugh, man <laughs> before we go into my shitty week do you want to talk about yours Brian yeah I do because uh, I've got I'm gonna just start this entire podcast off on a, a rant because I've had okay so I, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna come right out and say it have you ever had uh, 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 have you heard the phrase of course you've heard the phrase a pain in the neck oh yeah of course right you know like oh you're being a pain in the neck well literally I have a pain in my neck and it's oh, man. like in my left my left shoulder sort of oh. below my shoulder blade it's like this knot this baseball size mm. knot that's just kind of twisting into a pretzel that climbs up the back of my neck into my uh my skull Oof. and I have lovingly named this knot the United States Postal Service oh, because no. I I have I I have a uh I have a couple of theories that I, I follow. Um, I listen to Howard Stern. You know, you hear Jeff Fader talk about Howard Stern. And, you know, Stern is this 
a radio DJ guy that's been doing this for like 35, 40 years, whatever, shock jock, whatever you want to call him out of New York. And he turned me on to a book by uh, a Dr. Sarno, who is, he believes that all back pain is related to emotional distress. Like, so if you have lower back pain, anything, it's all related to your brain, you know? Oh, so... So it hasn't been this. It hasn't been all the forging I've been doing. It's actually my emotional stress that is hurting my back. I get it. I get it. I get it. Well, it, it it's it's tied together. So like okay. if you're if you have to understand, like read the books and fully kind of buy into what he's saying. But I think okay. there's something to it. Um, Does he sell you something at the end? No, no. Okay. The guy's all like right. no. Right. And in fact, uh, he's actually dead now. So like the, oh. the doctor Sarno doesn't even exist anymore. But he. His, his legacy lives on through these awesome books. So um, for the last, like, I'd say last week, I've had really terrible nights of sleep because I've been having this this knot in my shoulder. And it's all related to uh, a couple of incidents that I've had with the post office. And so I ship big, heavy boxes all the time. And uh, I use their flat rate postal service. That is an excellent service. It's like two to three day. I, you know, these boxes are rated for 70 pounds. I never exceed 38 pounds. I always okay. put 38 pounds in them because, you know, 70 pounds is just way too much for a mail carrier to move around. And I'm just being considerate. Well, uh, they also, when you pay for this this uh, service through Priority Mail, when you buy a label, you now get this free pickup service. They, they're supposed to come to wherever you are and pick up those packages and deliver them to the um, system okay. so that the packages get moved out. That seems logical and that it would work well. It how does. They, how it they does. screw it up? So you, So I create the label. This has been going on, by the way, for like months. In multiple locations. My old location, the postal worker would show up, pick up twice, and then never show up again. And then I would get an email confirmation stating that my packages had, in fact, been picked up. So I would drive my packages over to the post office and they go, yeah, I don't know what happened. Must have been a glitch in the system. So I install a ring cam. I do Mm -hmm. it again. Post office worker comes up, takes a look at the boxes. Gets in his truck. He's in his truck for a couple minutes. He leaves. Ten minutes later, I get a notification that my packages have been picked up. So I go to the post office. I'm now talking to somebody there, and they're like, "Yeah, that must the, the truck must have been too full that day." Mm. And you know, we could. And so excuses, I get this run, excuses excuses. I get this runaround. So fast forward to me moving my shop to Fort Myers. There's a post office albeit not an official post office, but like a privately owned post office. You know, those like card shops that have like a post office in the back kind of thing. Okay. I walk in there when I move to Fort Myers, I talk to the supervisor. I tell them my situation. I'm like, you know what? Let me just be frank with these people so that they fully know what they're getting into. And I want to let them know that this is my situation. I ship 10 to 20 boxes a day. That weigh 38 pounds. You're going to see me every single day and they're heavy. And I'm going to, and the, and the guy's like, we're here to help you. We are totally gung ho. We are going to be your person. We're going to do this thing. Blah, blah, blah. Perfect. And this goes, well, they, they, they do hold up their end of the deal for about two months. Okay. 
last week on Wednesday, I'm in there dropping off my packages. This woman walks up to me with the uh, with a post office uh, little shirt on, and she says, "We've got a problem." Of course, she and does. I I said, "Okay," and she's not very um, customer empathetic. Service-y. Yeah, 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 she's not very very nice. And I said, okay. And she, she proceeds to tell me that the packages I'm bringing have uh, gotten to be such a burden on the postal worker who comes to pick up. Now, get this. There is a guy in a truck that comes to this location twice a day. Once at 1 o'clock, once at 5 o'clock. And he picks up all of the packages that have been dropped off to this mom and pop post office. And then he okay. drags them to the, the, the post office, the actual distribution center. She says he's getting a little bit on the older side. He's not able to move the packages and his truck is starting to bog down and he's having to make multiple trips. And I said, let me tell you a story. So I told her the story about how I have paid for this service for years and it has not happened and that the post office has dodged me in every regard. I said, now I'm bringing you these packages and you're telling me you can't take them. I said, how am I supposed to use your service? (laughs) Oh, and, and by the way, I did a report on how much money that I spend with the post office every month. Five thousand dollars a month I spend with this with this Jeez. organization. Yeah. A so she says to me, year. "Look, well, that five thousand dollars a month should—I uh, don't know—buy a new truck." Yeah. Well, that's what I told her. I said, "Your your person should n- not only should this person get a different truck. Like this is not a Brian problem. This is a United States post office problem. This is yeah. not my issue." So she says. I agree. Give me your information. I'm going to take it down to the, uh, you know, to, to the actual post office. I've got people there that I know that I can put, plug this information in. We are going to get your pickup problem solved. Perfect. I go back to, I drop off my packages. I go back to my workshop. I get a phone call from the distribution center. This very nice lady named Wendy calls me and she says, tell me the story. So I give her all the details about how, in three multiple locations, postal workers have walked up to my door, looked at my packages, picked them up twice, and then on the third time, they walk up, they hit a little button on their little machine, they turn around and walk away, and then I'm left holding the bag. Jeez. And she's like, you know, this is not up to them. They have no choice. They have to pick this up. Meanwhile, I have an insider. My brother-in-law is a postal carrier. <laughs> so I call Brian's him. got an inside I, man. I call him. On the inside. I call, exactly. I call him and I say, hey, what's the deal with this? He goes, this is a systemic problem. It happens all the time. This is a, an issue that goes on. And it's because these people just don't want to do their jobs. So I'm on the phone with this Wendy person. She says, how many days a week do you need to pick up? I said, three days a week, we can make it work. That way you're not spend, sending a special truck over here. I'll, I'll load up my cart three days a week. You guys just come and empty it. No big deal, no harm, no foul, whatever. Friday comes, the postal worker, who I have on my ring cam, walks up to me at the nicest guy in the world now, Mr. Wiping my butt all day long, bringing me, <laughs> hand-delivering me my mail, telling my me. My man. Oh, yeah. He's like, listen, this is not going to be a problem for you anymore, man. I just want to let you know I'm here for you. I'm going to be working for you. And, you know, I got you covered. Cool. All right. Great. He takes the packages. He loads them into his truck. I said, all right, I'll see you tomorrow because we agreed that it would be or I'll see you Monday. We agreed on specific days. Mm -hmm. Sure enough. So yesterday, uh, let's see. No, 
Monday okay. comes, I get a different, I get a different carrier this time. Mm-hmm. Guy actually shows up. He picks up the packages at like three thirty in the afternoon. I'm like, I'm texting Sarah. I'm like, this is like cheating. These guys are showing up. Holy crap, they're doing their jobs. Right. This is amazing. <laughs> Yesterday, I got another, you know, twenty odd packages that need to go out. Tick-tock, tick-tock, nothing. Tick-tock, tick-tock, nothing. Five o'clock comes around, and I'm sitting there going, "What? The these hell? guys aren't coming. And so Wendy, the distribution center supervisor, who is ever so friendly to me, who does not want to lose my $5,000 a month, your business is very important to us, sir. We really want to keep your business. Sure. She gave me her cell phone number. Mistake Ooh, number one. Wendy. Mistake Wendy. number oh, one. Wendy. <laughs> oh, Wendy. She should know by come now. On, come she on. should know. Think about it. So I start I start ringing her office phone because I think, you know what? It's like 5 o'clock. I'm going to just see if she's in the office. Nope, not in the office. Well, guess what? I'm going to be calling your cell phone. I don't care where you are. <laughs> Call her cell phone. She sends me to voicemail. Ooh. I start texting. <laughs> your people showed up twice. This is the exact same thing that occurred before. I don't understand why this keeps happening. We had, I have, you have me in your system. You've agreed. He's agreed. Both postal carriers. We have two, I have two different postal carriers, both named Alex. They both agreed that they would come on these days (laughs) and they're day three. They fucked this up. They're not here. How is this possible? I get a very nice text back. Oh, Hey Brian. Oh, you know what? What happened? Alex's truck was full. and he couldn't pick up meanwhile it's getting dark now guys it's getting dark and i have to go to dinner with my father-in-law it's his birthday so we're like we're you know i'm sitting here going tick tock tick tock i said i don't care what you have to do but i've got 20 packages sitting here that need to go out today she says hang tight i'll get somebody out there at six something last night it's dark a postal truck pulls up this guy gets out he goes he goes, hey, I'm here to pick up your packages, blah, blah, blah. I go, okay, great. Time to do your job. I don't know what to tell right. you. You know, add a boy for that. I have no right. idea. He says, I really sorry, guys. They gave me the wrong address. Oh, just, oh, right. just stop. Oh, you know, right. it's like you, just, just you shouldn't even say anything yeah. to me at this point. You you you're all either a huge pile of idiots or you just really you're messing with me now. Like the and I have done nothing to these people other than pay right. for the services that they provide. And I'm just like, and, and like I want on top of it, right? At, at five grand a month, that is that is probably twice what the typical government employee makes a month, right? So I mean you're funding two employees worth of salary there with five grand a month. So it's like <laughs> you should get red carpet service, you know? I, I really it's should. Unreal. So I think what what's mm. going to happen now is I have Wendy's cell phone number, so I'm leveraging <laughs> that, and I'm going to oh, keep. Oh yeah. I'm going to be. I'm just going to sit, and every single day, I'm just going to message her until she gets it that I'm not going away. Right. Because I am not going away, well, guys. It's if if anyone's listening for the postal service, <laughs> you, <laughs> hear, <laughs> you listen here, Newman. <laughs> Newman, Newman. <laughs> <laughs> calling him out by name. I love it. Yeah. Well, it's hard so, to beat so the Brian, price too, right? Because, because yeah. it's. I mean, I could switch to po- I could switch to UPS for five dollars more a box. Five bucks more a box. Yeah. I mean that. Adds but up. the problem is, is it it would add up. But the, the, at the same time, 
I I really like the postal yeah. service for the actual service itself. Once the box is in their hands, it gets where it's going. Right. I mean, we've got we've mm. lost very well. I know you. A lot of people have had issues. But, I've had quite a few issues. I actually yeah. had. Um, I think last week I had a knife where I sent it out. Right to be fair, I sent it out um, just after Christmas, and I don't know if the post office. You'd think that you know the flood of Christmas, you know packages would have gone through but i actually had a knife that i sent out just after christmas get returned back to my my door and it's not like it's not like i flipped the addresses they just returned it back to me for no apparent reason so i had to resend that thing out what two days ago three days ago that's wild so how long was it in the system like did it float around for a while did you i guess that would be about a week and a half i i didn't i you know, I used to track every single knife I sent out, but especially during Christmas rushes, I, I just don't really track as much. Yeah. You know, I, I sent it out, and then, you know, nine times out of ten, the customers will be like, oh, I got my knife, you know, just let me know. And if I don't hear from a customer, then, you know, I might go through and check through and make sure it gets delivered or something. I would look but, at the tracking history of that particular parcel because something occurred in that delivery where uh, I had a couple of customers like enter in their information incorrectly and, you know, it gets like almost to their place. And then the post office goes, that address doesn't exist or whatever. Yeah. Oh. Um, and then it, and then it turns back around. So there might, it might, if the package was in good shape when it got back to you, it's probably definitely an address issue, mm. but Maybe, you want to know that before you resend it out because it'll just be the same thing. Oh, I mean, I, I did go ahead and, you know, confer with the customer and they gave me the address again yeah. and I popped it back on. I guess I didn't look at the two addresses to see if they matched it as soon as I got I was going to say, it might not match. Have you guys ever used, um, I don't know, like Pirate Ship or any of those third party? See, those. Those are third-party sellers. They just resell postage, yeah. and 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 I get it. I I use that. I use Shippo and Pirate Ship and all these other things. Yeah. And I, now I'm in a tier where I can pay. I pay very good commercial price for rates yeah. for for the volume I do. So you know, there's and I use Shopify's commercial account, yeah. which gives me somewhat of a discount. The, the none of that matters. I mean, it's all I'm all buying it through. You're still really paying the post yeah, office, yeah. or you're still really paying UPS. So it's, they're just a, you're, they're basically leveraging uh, all of these customers as one, mm-hmm. so that it gets the volume discount, yeah. and that's how it works. Those systems work really great yep. if you need them. Like if you don't have a Shopify, yeah. a Pirate Ship, or a Shippo, or ShipStation, there's like a million of them. I've out used them. Um, They'll do that. I've used Etsy as well, and I've. Uh, uh, different times like created a custom order and then had the person pay me that way <laughs> which is kind of interesting you know there's t- sometimes fees involved so you got to kind of watch out but Etsy has like really good post office pricing as well even better than like pirate ship or shippo I've found at times and it's often worth the you know like two or three percent transaction fee or whatever Etsy charges so Sometimes that's yeah to save on the shipping, yeah. right? Because you can utilize their shipping. Yeah. yeah, definitely. That's exactly how Shopify works. Yep. And I tell everybody, like, I have people that want to just send me money through PayPal. They're like, "Oh, I'm just going to PayPal you money." It's like, no, no, mm-hmm. no. You got to go through Shopify. Yeah, and you can pay through PayPal that way yeah. if you want. But I have to have a transaction go through my website. That way, I can when I hit ship, it gives me that commercial yeah. uh, leverage on shipping. So. Yeah. Yeah. 
Anyway, I'm done. I'm off my soapbox now. And these <laughs> well, these I'll, these I'll, MFers better show up today. I'm telling you right now. I'm going to go back down. <laughs> I'm going to turn into a. I'm going to turn into the biggest Karen ever because here. I think this is the reason why the knot in my shoulder is so big is because I have this particular hate for people who just refuse to do their job and collect yeah, the paycheck it. anyway. It is like it is. It sets off like if have you ever seen like in a, the cartoons where people get so mad that their face smelly. turns red <laughs> and then it cuts to a nuclear explosion where it's just oh, like yeah. <laughs> that's what that's what happens to me like I nothing else bothers me in this world like I just oh you know what car accident yeah. whatever I ran into a deer and with my uh, <laughs> you know whatever car I drive. hey that's fine i could deal with that all day long but when you blatantly don't do your job that i'm paying you for you better watch out i'm gonna have both guns pointed as a as a well as a now i guess former government employee you know we've government employees already get a bad enough rap to begin with you know of of that very uh issue folks you know just working for the government not doing their damn job so we used to talk about that a lot in in the program I worked for because we all worked our asses off, but there were so many around sure. us that, you know, and I suppose it's anywhere. It's just that the government is so huge that it, it shows up, you know, a lot more prevalently or seemingly prevalent. And uh, yeah, I, I read a statistic the other night over, so the U.S. Forest Service, which was the agency that I worked for, this year alone, in the month of December, over 500 employees retired. 500 employees. Is that because of the boomer generation, like the baby boomer generation where I'm not there's sure. just people, a whole bunch of people that are in that age group that I, are retired? I think or? that's probably part of it. I think it's also... People taking... Uh people taking early retirement because of COVID. I yeah. That could, could be, be it COVID. Too. It yeah. could just be, you know, there, there was a period of time where, um, you know, uh, the boomers and everything went into sort of natural resource management. Right. And it was kind of a big career choice back, you know, back in the day. And then it really declined a bit. So there's kind of a gap, but I mean, you figure, I don't, I don't, I never did find accurate numbers on how many employees the forest service has, but you know, it's not a, it's not a massive agency by any stretch. It's part of the USDA, which is the larger agency, you know, so the forest service is just one small part, the farm bureau and, you know, food inspection and stuff like that is all involved in USDA. So forest service is just a smaller part of all of that. And to have 500 people, in fact, I've even seen on Instagram and Facebook and different places where they're putting ads out now, like critically hiring em- new employees. You know, they got sign on. This bonuses. is everywhere. Yeah. This is everywhere. Man. I know. The, the, it's the, been... the, the problem is, is that right now, and I don't know what it, I think there might be a worker revolution coming. Yeah. You know, we had, uh, <laughs> we had this happen and, and it, yeah. and it, I'm not, um, I'm not going to pick sides, but I definitely think some things are off. Have you seen like there's definite yeah. issues. And I think that the only way to have this fixed is for enough people to feel yep. it. And then they have to start making changes yeah. that will accommodate people because, you know, with COVID happening, I think there was a lot of, um, uh, it was like a matrix situation where people just 
took what is it took the red pill kind yeah. of thing and they and they they woke up they're like you know what we're being taken advantage of here yeah. in in numerous places mm-hmm. i do however remember when i was a young man thinking the exact same thing that the system was leveraged against <laughs> yeah. me yeah. and in a lot of ways it, it is. is and it's you know it's it's designed that way to kind of push people in and out however when you're 30 years old and still working for you know 8 bucks an hour 10 bucks an hour yeah. And you can't, you know, hardly buy a house or a car or anything like that. I mean, what kind of world is this that we live in where we have billionaires that are just that are that have more money they couldn't spend in 10 lifetimes amongst 10 generations? And then you've got all these people who are busting their ass for eight dollars an hour who can't hardly afford to make the rent or buy (laughs) dinner. It just does. Well, I'm not saying I want wealth distribution because I hate that concept. I don't think that's it. We need to figure out why this is happening. But here's the thing. Brian, are are you getting like little flashbacks back to the French revolution? Like, (laughs) (laughs) listen, listen, there, there, there was, there was not just the French revolution, but the, the, there was a worker revolution that happened when, and uh, what was it? The twenties? That uh, there was all these people that just started to strike. They're just they could yep. not keep. That's when unions um, started, right? And and I mean, shit, there's yes. strikes going all over the place. And now, right now. It's crazy. and it is happening. I, you guys probably I think it's gonna happen again. Yeah, you guys have probably seen them, but uh, you see these memes on on social media, right? Where it's how does it go? It's like welcome to the new rich, right? And they're like, we don't care what car we drive, we don't care what our house looks like, we don't care about the clothes we wear. You know, all we care about is time, you know, and so there, there's this new generation of people that don't want to work and all they say, you know, they say, as long as I make enough money, I'm debt free, right? I don't care about the things that surround me, the material things, your house and all this other shit. I just want to jump in my van and tour the world, you know, well, jumping in your van and touring the world is just fine, right? We've all had periods of our lives where you... You, you know, you live carefree and, and uh, don't worry as much about, you know, earning a living. But at some point, <laughs> right, like reality is going to hit down. you in the face. And what what then? Right. You know, <laughs> your, your van's going to break down. Right. And yeah, you may be debt free, but you also don't have any freaking money to buy a new van. <laughs> you know, at some point you got to care about that. <laughs> this is hitting a little bit home right now. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, I'll tell you, it it, 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 it plays down the whole living in a van down by the river thing where yeah. that when we grew up, I don't know, Brian, yeah. that were too old for you. Oh, SNL. Of course. I know what yeah, you're talking about. Okay. All right. So, you know, Farley, there's wasn't a bunch, uh, Chris yeah. Farley. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. and he, uh, wasn't he from Michigan? I believe oh, Chris Farley or was he I from Wisconsin? I think yeah, he's from Wisconsin, be, but anyway, it's Michigan light. Yeah. And, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's Wisconsin, Illinois' largest state park, but um, <laughs> he was from Madison, but, Wisconsin. Okay. The land of a so, thousand lakes because you don't have R5. Uh, oh man. Oh geez. So it should be go. a thousand and, and five this, lakes. <laughs> but, but I'll tell you from the things that I'm reading online and listening to your generation, Brian, is that it's not getting any better. really. So like, you know, you're being taxed, right? So you go to, let's say you go to college and you pay all this money, which, um, you know, my degree probably cost around a hundred grand. Okay. So like to put that in perspective, uh, and and I graduated in the year 2000 from, um, from Northern Illinois university with a bachelor's of science degree. 
I think total cost was around 100k. Now that same degree, I think, is a quarter of a yeah, million or more. It's ridiculous. Yep. Okay, so now yeah. you're leveraged in that way. They've got you locked in, right? You think about this: you're locked in, quarter of a million in debt or more. And a lot wages of these people, haven't gone up at all. And wages have really not increased much. When I got out of college, I was uh, I was not I didn't have a ton of debt, so I was kind of coming out right around zero. But I worked every summer. You know, every single time I had an opportunity, I would go in like where my apartment complex was. I would talk to the landlord. I'd say, what can I do here all summer long to get my rent for free? Like I was that guy. And then, um, and so I came out almost at zero and I lived in my van for a bit too. I had like a little Volkswagen van that I kind of traveled around in and it was by choice. All right. So it wasn't like I had to do that, but it was by choice. I came out at that at that time making eight dollars and twenty five cents an hour, which is just shy of seventeen grand a year, yeah. and I could not pay hardly for anything. I lived on a and shoestring budget. Yes, very, 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 very tight budget. And then I was laid off by some corporate asshole from Clear Channel yeah. five years later, and I'm like, who lays off a guy making twenty grand <laughs> exactly. a year? Like. It doesn't even add up like there's and these guys are rolling up in their Ferraris and Maseratis and they're and where there's pictures and videos of them on yachts and everything else. That's when I started my hate for corporate culture. Mm -hmm. And I really started hating that concept where I felt like I was a wolf among wolves. But it was almost like a Dexter situation where it was like, I'm staring at these guys like you're one, I'm one of you, (laughs) but I don't like you. And I don't mm-hmm. like what you're doing. And there's a lot and of people so, in that same position, right? Oh, I mean, man. So oh, I just looked. What? The, so you said, you know, I think that's probably a fairly accurate number, right? A quarter of a million bucks. If you, if you include in housing and food and books and tuition and the whole nine yards, right? Um, you're, you're mm-hmm. probably looking at about a quarter of a million bucks for a four-year degree. Easy. Guess. For, that's not even like a crazy degree. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a like, state right, school. That's right? a state that's, school. That's a... That's a state school being a resident in that yeah. state. So yeah. guess the million. cost, the cost of a trade school, you know, equivalent walking out with a quote degree, the cost of a trade school total is estimated at about 30 to $50,000. So yeah. you look at that, yeah. right? So you're looking down the barrel of paying back $250,000 versus $50,000. <laughs> and you can start two years earlier, you know, paying $50,000 and the outlook for future employment is almost limitless right now. If you go into the trades, right? At least here in the States. I mean, if you're a plumber, an electrician, a mason, a welder, you're going to, you're going to, your starting salary is going to be a hell of a lot more than your $8 an hour at Clear Channel. Right. And that's still the case today. So I, it always it's going to be a big shake. Yeah, up. it amazes it's be me. A big I mean, shake up. The bottom's on the top now in a lot of ways, yeah. and it's kind of. I think you're right, Brian. I think we're on that precipice of something either breaking or exploding. You know. Yeah. I have a friend who went to uh, school to become. She was. She actually was an employee of mine for a bunch of years, and then she left working for me because she wanted to become a barber. Yeah. And, uh, the other day she was at a grocery store. Um, this is the kind of relationship I have with her. She called me and she's like, my car's dead. Can you come jump my car? I said, fine. I'm like right down the street. I pull up talking to her and I haven't really spoken with her in a while. And she was, 
I said, how's it going being a barber? She's like, I love it, man. I, and I'm doing great. I said, I said, like you're, you're, everything's good money wise, whatever. She's like, yep. I make five to $600 a day yeah. cutting heads. Whoa. Yeah. And I was like, damn. And it cost her 10 K to go through right. the program to get a, a barber certification. I don't know what they call it. It's like a stylist or something, yeah. but beautician school. Uh, Beautician. Yeah. 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 That's it. And so, and, and, and she loves it. Oh, there you go. Exactly. She freaking loves it. And people and are, I'm like, you know what, this is where we're going with yep. all this because you're going to, I, here's the other thing I think about all the time. So right across the street from my new shop, there is a, uh, one of these CrossFit gyms. You guys know what CrossFit oh, yeah. is, right? Where mm-hmm. these people yep. are like, they got ropes and they're swinging Wearing things around and flipping tires and exactly. <laughs> Every single, like three times a day, the parking lot over there fills up with uh, lifted trucks, Jeeps, (laughs) and all these. um, Want to be ninjas. All these, right. All these beautiful people get out of them, you know, and then uh, flood into this building where they play really loud dubstep and they scream at each (laughs) other and all this other shit. Right. (laughs) Right. And and I, I have a front row seat to this because it is like right across the street from me. So like I'm watching this happen. Meanwhile, they're running, you know, they're kind of like running past my shop and all this stuff. And I think to myself all day long, this is what I do. I'm moving steel. I'm like mm-hmm. twisting, turning, picking things up. I'm, I'm sweating all day long. These people don't, they sit yeah. probably at a desk. They're sedentary. Mm-hmm. So they're, they, well, they got a stand up desk. So that's better. Right? That could, <laughs> <laughs> they've got a, they got a stationary bike or whatever they're riding on with a mouse pad on and it. So they, you they know, they're doing whatever. Push their treadmill up to their desk too. <laughs> right. And I think about how flip-flopped the world is, yeah. right? Where we sit all day to make money and then yeah. at night we go and flip tires right. to feel good about ourselves yeah. and get and yeah. get it's, exercise. I'm like, you know what? How about we just mix the two together, make money and work out all yeah. at the same time? Come to work for House Made Industrial. <laughs> the, CrossFit, the CrossFit gym of you the future. You could be honest something there. And then Dude, how about you pay me to come? Right, right. You pay right. me. You come here. You pay me. I'll, I'll let you pack my kits for me. And look at that. You got you got six pack abs. For an extra when you're twenty done. bucks, you can even oh. drive them to the post office because that guy doesn't come anymore. <laughs> exactly. You can you can run my packages by hand to the post office. <laughs> how many can you carry? Exactly. Uh, shoot. Shoot. Goodness. So other than other than your packaging issues, have you had anything else go on this week, Brian? Anything? Oh, uh, dude. Something you're something you're playing with. So I've made the internet jealous by playing around with a twenty five ton forging press and I've been creating things with it and it is just a pleasure of a tool to use. It is amazing. Unbelievable piece of equipment and I am, uh, I was successfully made my first canister Damascus was the first thing I made. I used, um, 15 and 20 ball bearings, mm-hmm. no 52, 100 ball bearings mixed with 1080 powder. And the whole time I'm shaking that powder into that canister, I'm thinking of you, Ben, because you're always talking about powdered steel yeah. and how that yeah. works. And the, in your town, powdered yeah. steel was a big deal. And I, my first canister was a little bit too cold. So I had some cracks. But my second canister, once I got my forge dialed in and so many, this is the beautiful part about this community. As I'm posting photos to Instagram and doing all this stuff, I've got people messaging me and calling me going, Hey, you want to, you know, you want me to give you a rundown and some tips on what to do and blah, blah, blah. And, um, two days ago, James Fleming from Wastelander Forge saw me doing layered Damascus 
And he's like, look, I'm going to just give you some advice. He's like, you know, gave me some awesome, really nice. helpful tips. And the Damascus came out. Yeah, awesome. it did. Hell like, yeah. It's really nice. Yeah. That's so cool. it's 160 layer, 1095 and 15 and 20, 160 layer Damascus. That, uh, and uh, That's cool. Unbelievable. That, any sort of figuring in that or just, just layer? I was really just going for a random pattern. So okay. when Clark sent me the dies, he sent me the, well, he sent me the, uh, actually he didn't send it to me. Justin Miller from Florida Man Forge went and picked it yeah. up in Tennessee and drove it to me, which is awesome. And then um, he sent me the, along with the package, flatting flat dies, which is just two, like basically chunks of steel that are flat. And then rounding dies, which is, I think one inch, just mild steel, one inch uh, stop bar stock that's round, mm-hmm. and they come together so you can kind of draw things out. <clears throat> and then he sent me these um, worm gear, so like there, it's if oh, you can cool. imagine a worm gear cut in half, oh. and then so when you pinch the when you pinch the two together, they kind of fit, yeah. they like, nest together, and then yeah, the teeth of the worm gear, and then uh, it's like a differential on a truck. Yeah. So you're putting 25 tons of force and what it does is it just moves that metal internally in, in just a oh, way to kind of give you a really cool yeah. ran. Yeah. That's a random pattern. So question yeah, really, wow. really cool for a newbie, newbie knife slash metal person, um, advantages and disadvantages, uh, of a press, a forge press like that compared to say a power hammer, other Totally different applications, similar applications. Similar applications, I would say if, you know, most people, they're going to want to press over a power hammer, Mm -hmm. mostly because of the sound and the vibration that it it creates. You know, there's Mm -hmm. a lot less noise with a press and it's doing a real similar job. Can you achieve the same things with both tools? Yes. I think, but you know, um, I would like to have both for different reasons. You know, there's, there's certain things you can do with a power hammer that you can't do with a press, but a press will by far be superior. I think you're going to be able to achieve much more stuff with a press and it makes more sense. A power hammer looks ultra sexy in slow-mo videos. Like if you watch Alex Steele and you're making videos, you know, maybe, you know, the power hammer might be cooler. (laughs) But is it if slow? you Definitely actually want cooler. to make steel for like actually production, yeah. it know, seems like it'd be slower too, press. right? Like it would take more hits of a power hammer to accomplish the same movement as one squeeze of a press. Yeah, I, I you know I haven't used a power hammer, so I can't really. Yeah. I guess I'd be talking out of school, but I've watched a lot of people use them, and I think for traditional blacksmith work, yeah. you know, power hammer is real useful but for man, a lot of different applications. So, a lot of overhead with um, a power hammer, it seems. Right, I see guys pouring new pads in their concrete. shop and yeah. massive electrical. Yes. Then you got like air compressed air requirements and. Seems yep, like yep. that's I'm actually building a power hammer right now, a pneumatic yeah, power hammer. Yeah, I remember you talking about that a while back. It is uh it it's a process. I mean, it's a big big deal and and um yeah. Was it you? It, I I'm I'm building a small one, so it's not it's not a Was huge it you, Brian? Sure. Tell me about and I think I might have found it, but there there's a guy on YouTube that made a power hammer with like Arduinos and that's the one I'm building. Okay. Yeah, Joshua Delisle. Yes. So there's this. That's awesome. There's this guy in the. Yeah, the guy in the UK. He's using an Arduino. For the and you know how when, 
Yes. Yeah, so you know when the hammer, the ram of the of the power hammer, how when you like if you press on the pedal, you see these guys where they they're able to close like a matchbox. Yeah. And not and not actually smash the matchbox. They're just able to slide it in. To get that kind of control, there's a clutch in those power hammers that does that. Joshua Delisle, uh, if you're not familiar with him, you should go watch it. He he actually went full time on YouTube this nice. year. Um or in twenty twenty one. And and uh, he took the time to figure out how to make that work with an Arduino. Does he have a servo so in there? Or he must have. It's a it's a it's a valve that okay. con- is contr- it's controlled via the mini, the Arduino mini or whatever it's called, or micro. I don't know. They can't remember the name of it. And there's a sensor that it picks up the travel of that RAM, and that computer does all of the calculations. And it, and you can legit just bring it up and down very smoothly, just like in a very expensive power hand. Huh. Um, so, that is yeah, slick. I'm, I'm interested to see how it works. Yeah. I'm redrawing his. I'm taking his drawings. Now, he knows I'm doing yeah. this. I'm taking his drawings and I'm redrawing them in Fusion oh, and can... making them in an imperial version of them. And as my gift to him. I'm going to gift that back to him so he has nice. it so he can add it to his repertoire of files because some of the the materials, he, just like my revolution, when you translate it into metric, there's some things that are just right. not available, yeah. you know? So yeah. in the same, in his case, because he's in the UK, different it's the same materials. Thing, so, and yeah. Gotcha. Um, gotcha. That's crazy. Well, well, I know Brian, that you have a hard out in about 20 minutes so, Ben, do you want to talk about your week before I talk about my shitty week? I can go quick. Mine's pretty short and sweet. I'm uh, sure. still in Pennsylvania here. Uh, <laughs> and, yeah, I haven't, you know. Cue the banjo right? music. Uh, actually. Sorry, I don't, have, I don't have that on the roadcaster yet. <laughs> uh, yeah, sitting, sitting in Pittsburgh again today. My uh, stepdad is heading to Boise on the plane right now. My wife has a conference in Florida and my mother-in-law is actually going to go with her. So the grandfathers are watching the boys for the week. <laughs> so it should be, wow. should be quite okay. the adventure. <laughs> I, I told my wife she's got to hide a few of those nest cams around the house so we can just spy on them. <laughs> but the old man awesome. left with a, uh, with a deer skull uh, several hides and some tanning solution and a, a suitcase full of venison. So it should be an interesting week. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I've been, uh, you know, just doing the deal. Still um, dodging doctors and appointments and all that other stuff, getting all that stuff sorted out slowly, very, very, very slowly. Amen. But uh, You're on the mend. Yeah, the biggest thing, I guess, started started really working on website stuff and starting to build some of that stuff offline. And eventually I will rebrand or relaunch my website here probably in a month or so with a bunch of new stuff on it and resources and freebies and all that other shit plans. I've been doing a lot of leather work, which is really fun to get back into. And, uh, Actually, I found out, well, somehow I never knew this growing up, but Wicket and Craig, which is like one of the oldest vegetable tanning tanneries in the U.S., 
I would imagine anybody that's into leather work at all would know the name Wicked and Craig makes some of the best veg tan leather in the world. It's an hour from my house where I grew up. Oh, wow. I'm no like, kidding. you gotta be shitting wow. me. So I'm going to try and go take a tour or at least go check it out and uh, see what it's all about. And might even, I've reached out to them, might even try to make a video while I'm there, which would be kind of cool. That'd be cool. That'd be super cool. Yeah. So, you know, just kind of bobbing and weaving and trying to figure out the chess match of, of life right now. So slowly cool. but surely we're getting there. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Man. So let me go ahead and talk about the crazy week I had. Yes. So obviously you guys remember, you know, my brother was on the podcast last week. So the week leading up to that, I had I had filmed a bunch of videos with him. Um, he made an offset serrated knife. We talked about How it on the turn last out? podcast. I didn't see the I didn't see the footage yet. Um, well, yeah, I actually am making videos on it, so I will, I will have Let's a whole see. series. I think there's, I think it's going to be a four part video series on making it. So that'd be fun. Yeah. All of them are kind of shorter videos. I figure, you know, somewhere between eight and 10 minutes or so. Perfect. So, so anyway, so after that, I kind of had the YouTube making buzz and, um, I spent the next couple days, um, basically just going to my shop and shooting little videos. Like I got a large wheel attachment for my belt grinder, my broadback belt grinder. So I built, or I did a video where I put that thing together and showed it off and a couple other smaller things, you know, I'm just kind of making, making things work. But, um, so I spent the next two, three days in the shop, basically shooting videos and, you know, kind of, I've been on this, you know, YouTube making kick. So I'm, I'm going to try to build up my channel because, you know, as, as Brian kind of put me on the spot, I'm going to do at least three videos a month. And so after that, this is about midweek or so Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Um, I, I spent Wednesday, Thursday, Friday around then. And, uh, basically finished finished doing those videos and then over the weekend i um edited the videos because mm-hmm. i figure you know i i will have all next week to start on my next batch of knives for customers you know i'll just go ahead and you know focus on editing my videos and then uh, monday came around and i decided i was going to do some voiceovers so i just wanted to you know i hey i'm in the youtube making you mm-hmm. know mindset i'm just going to do voiceovers well that night, what was that? Monday night or Tuesday night? Oh. I um, we got in a car accident. So luckily, nobody nobody's hurt. No big deal. We we uh we hit a deer. Yeah. And luckily, we're we so we're we're turning off of one street and we're we're getting on the last little you know. There's maybe a mile between where we turned and where we go into our um, apartment complex. And we just turned off and we, you know, barely got up to 45 and uh, four deer jumped out in front of us. And, you know, of course, slam on the brakes, you know, the first three deer pass us, but we hit the fourth deer absolutely perfectly square. We're maybe going 30, 35 by the time of impact. Wow. So we hit this deer and like, of course, you know, it it crunches the front of the car. It did some damage. It's it's Emily's car. Yeah. Those pictures were. And um, so... This, this deer hits us, and, you know, obviously we're pushing this deer forward, and then we come to a dead stop, and the, the deer detaches and goes probably five to ten yards ahead of us. And, like, it just stand like, it's it's on its uh, four legs, like, crouched down, and it stands up and looks around and just fucking trots off like nothing happened. 
Literally, this That's deer incredible. didn't even drop a single drop of blood. Meanwhile, the entire front of the car, like the the grill is gone, the half the yeah. bumper is missing, the left the left uh, headlights gone, the the hood is crumpled. Like the, this car is gonna take some serious you know work to get this and thing back up and running. There like fuck you. And and the deer just got up and like pretended like nothing happened. I mean, I'm ga- I'm guessing it might got a bruise or two, but like if he had fists, this he deer just shook it off like, like an animal. Bastard. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. But you know, of course, we do the whole thing. And and meanwhile, you know, we we had ta- that we had taken the cat. We just got a new kitten a couple last week or two weeks ago. Mm. And we took this this kitten. Uh, the whole trip is we went over to Emily's parents' house to like show off the new kitten and do that all fun thing. Had lunch with them or dinner with them. So we came home and the cat was like literally asleep <laughs> in the car. We did this entire crash and the cat never woke up. <laughs> so it couldn't have been that bad. It it really didn't seem like that big of an impact. But then you know, we get out and look at the front of the car and the car just looks. Yeah. Actually, if you guys want to see the damage, you know, I, I put up an Instagram reel yeah. and I think a Facebook short or a YouTube short on, yep. on it. So if you want to see the damage, it's over there. It's. But. it's- I like looking at that picture um, without hearing the story, I would have thought a, that you guys, you know, that you and Emily would have been more at risk for injury. You know, you guys seemed to, you seem to have just walked away kind of still chuckling about it, but man, looking at that front of the car, it's like, Holy hell, you guys all right. I mean, look, very serious and b oh it's not that bad. i never would have guessed a damn deer would have walked away from that but those bastards i know right tough, man. It's, <laughs> it's crazy it's crazy we were talking about so basically there there are we've they're hardy animals. different stories of guys hunting deer and stuff and you know different wounds that you know happen bad shots or a misplaced shot just ever so slightly and those things they'll run for miles you know they are yeah unbelievably yeah. strong well, I got out and looked for blood to see if, like, should we, you know, did this thing just <laughs> die a little bit in the ditch? No, it literally did not drop a single drop of blood. Like, the thing was practically unharmed. It's crazy. Yeah. But, yeah, so, you know, obviously now the only th- the only working vehicle we have is the Astrovan, my 80, nice. well, no, 96 Astrovan. Yeah. So, it, which is falling apart in its own right. Like, the, the horn doesn't work. The cruise control doesn't work. The acceleration only works about halfway through your prep pedal yep. push. So, you can, God, if you push on it, you have to, like, get right on the right spot. So, like, if it, to get it to accelerate. Oh, my god. Is gosh. that Astrovan your, your exit strategy? Like, you'll yeah. be able to move hey. and do it at some point? <laughs> Welcome Dude, to the new the, rich, the knife right? thing doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> we don't care what car we drive dude we don't care what anvil if this, we hammer on <laughs> if this astrovan gets me through another like two three maybe six months i'll be happy because this thing is like set in sail for the yeah. the great beyond this thing is like just falling I can apart remember. and now it now it's the only thing that we have so like now i'm driving emily to work Gosh. But like I, my shop is an hour away. So by the time I drop Emily off to work, if I drive that hour to my shop, Ooh. you know, I would only get four or five hours before I have to turn around and come back and pick Plus up you're Emily. Pressing your luck, you know, all those extra miles on the old Astro. Exactly. <laughs> so like I'm kind of stuck here until we get like a Damn. rental car. Or we get we get this thing fixed. Yeah. And we're just kind of boned. It sucks. Man. 
Yeah, I can just completely through and and the the kind of the 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 really shitty thing all the way through is like I could have spent the last week in my shop and like if I knew that this event was going to happen, I would have edited and with this week that I'm now going to have without being able to get to my yeah, shop, shop I could have edited, I could have voiced over it, I could have I could have taken all of this sit at homework and put it in but of course I got it all done yeah, before it yeah. freaking happened. You're too efficient. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh uh, man. So, so I'm I'm stuck at home, man. It's diving into the the YouTube video creation rabbit hole. What's your What's your least favorite part? Is it shooting or editing? You know, actually, right now I'm really enjoying all of the yeah. process of it. I don't I don't know if I I I feel like maybe something will get old at some point, yeah. but I don't see it right now. It's funny. I still to this day I I enjoy creating content, but I go in these long spurts where I don't want to edit a thing. You know, it's like, I don't want to be anywhere near that process. And I have to push myself to actually edit videos. I've got probably a dozen videos in the can, you know, on the hard drive that I could, that I could put together, but it's just that process of editing. I should just find somebody to do the editing. (laughs) You could do that or you could do what I do is, is you can edit as you go. Yeah. So yeah, I have I two chips that. and I, mm. yeah, just, I <laughs> shoot and then I shoot a scene and then I load it into my computer. I load it into my timeline yep. and then I, <clears throat> I just ch- check it to make sure, you know, I've got everything correct yeah. and then, and then kind of rough cut it and then move on. By the time yeah. you're done shooting the piece, yeah. you've got a rough edit already done and then oh. it's just whittling it down. That's, and that's my process too. right now with. That's yes. that's my process right now because I'm shooting on my iPhone instead of having you know my videographer Kyle come out. Yeah. Um, you know I'm just shooting everything from my iPhone and I have like a Rode Mini um, microphone, so like yeah. you know at least the audio is relatively decent. Your audio is great. The video is pretty decent. It's the video is like 4K. It's really nice. Yeah. Like you can yeah. you can push in good. and you know you can make that work. I shot, but um, every video on, go my, ahead, on my Instagram I shot with an iPhone. You know it's only been recently where I switched to a a mirrorless camera and, and I miss yeah. that. I miss instantly having my footage on the same device that I do editing. Cause I still see that's the thing is like, you know, especially with a new iPhone, yeah. um, you get 4k, you get stabilization, yep. you get color, and you know, you, you get can the do power that manual zoom. You can do bokeh, you can edit it right there. Yeah. So I do a lot of my, you know, rough cut edits on my phone that I push it over to my, you know, my MacBook Air yeah. and basically just finish the edit, do the voiceovers there, last little touches, and it's good to go. It's a pretty easy process. I find but that... But basically, speaking of that, I, I am... Because of now, I before the crash, I had all that stuff ready to go. Yeah. Um, I now have eight separate videos ready yeah. to go and scheduled to be published every single week between now and March. And I already have all of March's uh, videos planned out. Nice. So like. I'm finally ahead on my I'm finally ahead on my YouTube schedule. Every single week you'll see some content from me nice. and I am good to go and I'm excited about it, man. You are an overachiever. You sent us yeah. this so yesterday Brian sends us a screen grab of like the scroll through his scheduled videos and I was like, "Damn, bro. You got like a <laughs> bunch know. of shorts in there." Oh yeah, you're mixing I, it up. I also have at least two shorts already scheduled between now and the end of February. Sweet. Every single week there'll be two shorts. And then as I'm ma- basically I'm I'm going I'm combing through all of my TikTok footage and all of the other things, yeah. Instagram reels and I'm picking all the best and I'm 
scheduling those out because you know they might as well go up on Insta or uh, YouTube Shorts right as on, well. How, no um, sense in not cross them. And then as I'm making them now, I'll just kind of filter them in. Yeah. So I already have. That'll two. be interesting to see how it affects things for you because yep. I've I've been listening to a whole bunch of people talk about it, and me personally, when I then they made it available to my channel, I tried it and it was okay. Yeah. But there was some I just, issues with people going like, what the hell is this? I don't this? know how to use like, it yeah, yeah, or yeah. what to use it for. Yeah. Um, woodworking for mere mar- mortals, Steve, oh, I can't remember his, Ramsey. He really uses shorts pretty effectively. He does just little snippets well, yeah, of like, His are awesome though. Yeah. Have you watched his stuff? Like yep. It's like a full on history channel. He's got, um, he does a podcast called the woodworking talk show. And then he does another podcast with, um, I think it's either his, his partner in business or maybe it's just another YouTuber where they talk YouTube a lot. Uh, I can't remember the name of that one, but both really good shows. And he talked about, um, on the woodworking talk show the other day, he talked about shorts. He's, he's like went through a rash of, I don't know, six, eight guests where he brought up shorts with every one of them, all of them YouTube creators. And, you know, he talked about, he loves it. And he's, he, I think I may have mentioned him on the show before, but he, um, he says he tries to, he keeps the same, his channel keeps the same theme year to year, right? It's always woodworking for the beginner, uh, or for the Garage Avenger or whatever. But he says every year his goal is to reinvent his channel, staying with the same theme. So, you know, mm-hmm. one year yeah, it I might be that. he got rid of damn near every tool in his workshop. He only had like six, six, eight, ten tools left. And he wanted to just go completely minimal and show people how you could do it without any tools. The next year he did, you know, something totally different. But he was talking about how he uses shorts and he said, he decided to use it purely as an education tool. So he's like, I'm not doing shorts just of a corny video showing me, you know, drill holes in a piece of wood. He, he said, you know, instead I talk about the difference between twist drill bits and spade drill bits, you know, or something like that. Mm, interesting. So his shorts always have an education component and uh, he does a really good job. He shoots all his own stuff, edits all his own stuff. Um, yeah, and, for sure. Yeah. And I'm trying to do shorts a little bit different. So I'm, I guess a couple of those posts in, in with all of those, you know, they will be just basically some of my TikToks repackaged. But one of the things that I'm going to try to do is every week I want to do what I'm calling my moment of Zen. And basically it's a yeah. 60 second, vi- or may, I think they're down to like 15 second. And basically it's uh, one of my knives propped up on a, on a branch sitting in front of the Chippewa River here in Mount Pleasant. And basically it's just like 15 <laughs> seconds to like hear the trickle go by. Just enough past, to make everybody have to Look piss. at this beautiful knife. <laughs> yeah, you said that. I was going to bring that up. And basically it's just like, okay, I know this is a bunch of short form content. I know I'm looking at all of these, you know, crazy 15 to two minutes uh, videos on TikTok or, you know, shorts or reels. But like, this is like your second to, yeah, I like Calm it. down and center. I really that. like those, Brian. I I I find myself kind of staring at him, going, "Is this a real I know. thing? Like, did he really go out and do this? Like, yeah. I'm trying it to makes like, you wonder, deconstruct it. it. Like, if if it's like yeah, a recorded like, sound or like a you know a can, it's sound. like the it's, moon landing it, where you fake the entire thing. <laughs> no, I, I, I set up where like a. W- 
I set up with my van down by the river. Yeah. Astro. No, I, I actually getting, do go down to the Chippewa I'm River. Set up here by the river with my Astro van, and uh, you know I'm gonna carve up this deer I just killed right. on the road. Eating pizza <laughs> with this offset, offset serrated bread knife that I made for my brother. Oh my so goodness! How close, yeah. um, how close are you be going to uh, monetizing your channel? So I think you have to, what is it? You have to have a thousand subscribers yep. and 4,000 4, hours. hours. I'm at right now here. I can check it right now. I'm at like 3,930 oh, nice. something. I, I'm like right on the cusp. It's interesting how they tabulate that. I'm just barely getting into YouTube. Right. And uh, thanks to that router table review video, I've now got over 11,000 watch hours somehow. Whoa. I don't know how the hell now, they calculate it. Do you know Do you know if that 4,000 is over the last year, yes. like 365 days? Yeah, I am right now at 3,946.4 So you should get it watch soon, hours. I'm right on That's the That's awesome. I just turned on... You'll be able uh, to make that nickel a month yeah. that YouTube sends <laughs> I know. Hey, man, it's better than nothing. <laughs> I just turned on... Especially when you're sitting in... Especially when you're stranded at your apartment because you don't have a freaking vehicle right. to go back and forth. That's no, true. I just... And to put it into perspective, I have 757,000 watch hours and uh, 7.8 million views wow. on my channel with 48.7 thousand subscribers. Nice. And that's so only that's... putting out like, what, a video a month or so? Well, and, like, a yeah, month that, right? yeah. there was a period... Yeah, so I am focusing now and yeah, doing a video a week. So I'm, I'm doing and, and people are loving yeah. it, man. Like, even though I just quick, like 10 minute, 15 minute, like build out, I just pushed out a video on Saturday about doing my workshop build out. There was a couple of negative people like, oh, you just take, did time lapses of you setting up a shelf. Why am I watching this? It's like, well, turn it off, you. jackass. <laughs> you know, that guy, like, I, I, I love, there's this feature in YouTube now when there's somebody trolling you, you can hit hide from channel. Yeah, and what it does is, it doesn't give the user a notification. Yeah, but it just every interaction that they now do on your web, on your uh, channel, YouTube channel, is no longer recorded and it's no longer notified. It notif doesn't notify the the creator yeah. any longer. Nice. So if you're if you're hidden from my channel, and there's like maybe ten of them now, but it's it's not like a ton of people, but. I have people that would comment on the regular, uh, just real derogatory, negative yeah. things that didn't mean anything. And it was just like, you could clearly tell they're just trying to get a rise out of me. And I just click hide from channel. Yeah. I don't even know they exist anymore. YouTube's cracking you know, I just down hear the positive stuff. stuff. It seems. Well, it affects the creators. Yeah. Here's, here's the thing. I, uh, I think that more content would be created on YouTube if YouTube actually took the time to do things yes. like this, like that hide from channel thing, because yeah. it creates a negative environment for the creator. Cause yeah. it does get to yeah. you. Alex Steele talks about it. Like all these people talk about, it. it's like, <clears throat> it's like you're, you're using YouTube as a means to like offload yeah. your negativity on the world. And, oh, I've, yeah. I've talked about that one experience I had with somebody who basically told me that I'm a piece of shit yeah. on one of my comments and I was doing <laughs> something wrong. What? And I said, I, and I, I went back and I'm like, Hey, I'm sorry you feel that way, but I'm think I'm, I think I'm doing it pretty decent for the materials I have. Yeah. And he, he turned around with the, Oh man, I didn't realize you'd see this. I'm sorry. Yeah. I was just pissed off. You know, it's oh like, all right. <laughs> there's, there's a couple of sides to it. And it was it William Osmond that had a video recently where he 
love Willie threatened Knox. to quit or He's quit awesome. or I don't remember, but talking just you know about the personal attacks and it, it it's one thing to criticize work and it's one thing to give construction constructive feedback, but s- some of it is just outright attacks and and it's interesting like Osman came out and had this big video about how you know. Uh, systemic it is and how miserable it makes you as a creator and this and that. But then of course there was the other side of the community, Steve Ramsey being one of them that came out, you know, and said, Hey, listen, you know, I know it's bad. I know comments are negative and this and that and the other thing, you know, but Ramsey goes, he's like, think about what you do for a living. You know, (laughs) he's like, he's like, you create YouTube videos for crying out loud, you know? And so he's like, you know, get some thicker skin or you know he, he said it in a very elegant way which i i thought he brought up an interesting perspective yeah, you're putting yourself out yeah. there you, you're gonna right. get people that are every artist in the world yeah and that's okay hear it or not i just don't criticism. i love hide from it's channel just, so i don't have to look yeah. listen to it or look at it and the I fact that wanna, you can clean it up want, too like, that, i mean that's nice that youtube's yeah. adding those tools i know every time i go to make a comment so YouTube, it's like, remember the community guidelines, community guidelines, community guidelines. It's like, fuck, so, fuck that. So, Brian, it's going to be you and me every Saturday all through 2022, every yeah. Saturday at 8 a.m. We're Dropping both posting a video. Deuce. Yes. Let's and, push uh, each other. Let's both do this. I'm, I'm all yeah, for it. Yeah, absolutely. I'm all for it, too. I can't guarantee I'm going to be able to do it every Saturday, but I'm, I'm really trying. And the um, – and the – other thing was, is I gave you guys shout outs in my last video and, yeah, and said yeah. and talked about the work for podcast on, on the channel. And, you know, I'm, I don't know if that translates into any more listens or whatever downloads for our, our work for podcast, but uh, you know, the, there's at some point in your YouTube career, you realize like self-promotion is a super important mm-hmm. component to everything yeah. you're doing. So you have to be out there and you have to be, um, you have to t- basically yeah. shamelessly promote all the things you're doing in all the different platforms and you have to keep them all straight. So if I'm on Instagram, I'm promoting YouTube. If I'm on YouTube, I'm promoting Instagram <laughs> and Facebook and, and the podcast. So it's, it's a, it's a whole thing, but, um, Hey, real quick. So I have a thought, I know that I have a heart out, but there's no reason you guys can't continue. Sure. Um, and I can I can mute my microphone and then just shoot me a text and I'll stop the recording um, remotely. <laughs> That's the way to it's do no it. problem. Yeah, I wanted to shout out our our patrons real yeah. quick because we have thirty one. No, I'm sorry, thirty two now. New uh, thirty two patrons who are supporting the Work for It podcast. And then I'll jump off, and you guys can continue with WFI projects and all that. Hey man, WFI before you go, you gotta throw down a you gotta throw down a dad joke. It's tradition around yeah, here. Yeah, I do need a. Th- I will throw down a dad joke. I, okay, I gotta good. pull. I have. I actually got a book of dad jokes <laughs> nice. uh, before for Christmas, but they're all kind of. Um, they're they're not that great. The book is good, but it's it's like a lot of um. Well, maybe I just didn't get deep enough into it. So uh, let me, I'll, I'll pick one out. But real quick, let me shout out the patrons in chronological order. Mark Vanderwerf, our OG, Mark V yeah, from baby. 118 Blades on Instagram. Justin Miller, Florida Man Forge. Devin and Dustin O'Hara of the Art of Craftsmanship. Oh, I Noah hear it's just Bloomer. one of them. What, what's your O'Hara brother is that? <laughs> it's just Devin, apparently. Oh, okay, great, that's great. What, <laughs> No, it's Dustin and <laughs> uh, Noah Bloomberg of Entiot River Forge. Michael Nye. Jamie Blow, which is Jamie the Squid. 
and Eric Peterson, who messaged me privately to tell me that he is over, he's working over his branding and he can now be found on Instagram at overall maker works. So all one word at overall maker works. Nice. That's Eric Peterson on uh, Instagram. So go check him out. Bob Ryan, Brigham Kendell, Scott, uh, <laughs> Scott Wilkerson. Menster Hill Forge, Keith Drennan of the Working Hands Podcast, Bob from the UK, Brian Hooten of Hooten Knives, Jason Moss, our man in Texas, Mark LeBlanc, north of the border, Ken Kemna, Crafty Man Forge, James Hunsberger of Hunsberger Pocket Knives, Cardoso Knives, Sean Michael Owen of Moxie Engineering. He's doing that really cool um, knife vice project. Go check that out. Uh, KnifeMaterial.at. And Moonshine Leatherworks, Mr. Brian Absher, The Working Hand Podcast, which I, again, cannot say enough good things about Great The Working show. Hands Podcast. Great if you show. need a new new show to go listen to, it's, it holds my attention every single time I listen to it. They're excellent. Yep. Go listen to it. Um, also, big shout out to uh, Forge, Side, Forge Side Chat with Justin Laramieux and Lando Novak. If you need a pick-me-up or a laugh... Yeah. <clears throat> I I cannot I I have you can't get through an episode of that show without <laughs> laughing out loud. It is that funny. It it's is that, and they're only like twenty some episodes in. They're really they good. You, I, it's so. I always good. I always find that after I listen to them, like I just speak a little bit in that Canadian accent. Just yes. by accident. You, you can't. Well, you have a twinge of it up. already because oh, you're right. already that oh, far. Right. <laughs> oh yeah, don't you know? Don't you know. Yeah. Oh geez, there, but I just heard a deer down the road. <laughs> Yeah. Go grab me a little hoser. Eh? <laughs> Ryan Coakley of Ryan's Ch- Chadbourne Knife Works. Carolyn Carol Ann Joanette Racine of Kawa Jeanette. She's our executive director of wooden spoon carving Incredible and Incredible spoons. Incredible stuff. Dude. Oxford Blade Co. MaritimeKnifeSupply.com. Our man, Lawrence Lake, over at MaritimeKnifeSupply.com. Richard Beck of Beck's Armory. Beck'sArmory.com. And if you're not watching what uh, he's doing, he's doing a bunch of Venturi burners. Go look at his stuff. Um, I, I was mesmerized by how he's able to build these Venturi burners. And he's got them for sale on his website, Beck'sArmory.com. Jared Weaver. Jared, we appreciate you. Thank you so much. Leon Shanks is a new patron of Two Birds Blade Works. Leon Shanks, Two Birds Blade Works. And drum roll, please. Brian, do you have a drum roll in there? Um, I have a rim shot. Hey. That's close as I got. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, cue it up. Dennis Terrell oh, of Terrell yeah. Knife Works is our... <laughs> <laughs> It's like I'm telling a joke. I know. I'm uh, sorry. That's all I've got. I really need to uh, jump into getting some new. Uh, yeah, I was also thinking we should have the uh, for for when we start ranting, we should have the uh, market zero rant that John Goodman goes on in the Big Lebowski, yes. where he's like, "Am I the only one around here who gives a shit about the rules?" <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Dennis Terrell, Over Terrell, the line, dude. <laughs> Market Zero um, is uh, now a, a patron of ours on the Work For It podcast, and we appreciate you, Dennis. Thank you so much. And uh, all right, so <laughs> I'm sorry, Smokey. It was a leak. <laughs> yeah. So, um, uh, all right, so you ready for a dad joke? <laughs> yeah, man. 
Uh, I just recently sold my vacuum cleaner. It was just sitting around collecting dust. <laughs> there we go. There we go. All right, gentlemen, I'm going to mute my microphone. Yeah. Just text me when you're done with the show. That way you guys can do a solid whatever sure. four-hour episode or whatever hey, you want to do. There we go. Um, but, yeah, I'm sorry. I have a heart out. I've got to get in um, and sit and stare at my packages that the post office wants. <laughs> Inch them ever closer to the door. Call, call up Wendy, see what she's doing, see if she can come pick it well, up. It's good to, I'm just gonna roll them into the street and hope a postal truck right. drives by and sees them. Well, it was good to have oh, all geez. three of us. That was awesome. Yeah, we haven't done a Trace, done, Hermanos yeah, Trace. Yeah, we haven't done one with yeah, the three man. of us in a while. So great, great chatting with you, brother. All right, don't forget to go over WFI projects. That's, There's that's so what much we're going don't on worry. in there. So all right, cheers, you, guys. Thanks for listening, and uh, and we'll catch yeah. you. Yeah, guys. Hey, really? Yeah, man. Hard see work ya. and good luck. Yeah, yeah. Hey, really quick, Beacon, before we dive into work for it uh, projects, did you happen to see uh, Van Nystat's latest video on YouTube? Do you, do you watch him? Um, I do watch. I watched Casey, and then he started promoting his brother Van. And I've watched yeah. a bunch of his videos. What the, is what is it like? The, the Spirited Man. Spirited Man. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, he's a, so good. He is a character and a half, right? I mean, he's. Got sure. the you know history of the the Neistat brothers show that HBO bought, and of course, Casey. And what's Neistat really was... funny is you can really you can really see that Casey Neistat got a lot of his videography, like just yeah. like a lot of the beats he does, a lot of the mannerisms come from his brother. You can just yep. really tell. Oh that. yeah, his the way I think he his makes brother things. was. Yeah, I think his brother is the, like the the creative genius behind it all. Casey just kind of. Um, I wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't say like rode the, rode the <laughs> coattails, but yeah. But anyway, so Van put out a video, <clears throat> I guess it was maybe last week. I don't remember, but it's, um, what is the title of it? It's like narcissism versus universality. And Ooh, it made me think of uh, Fader right away. Right. Cause Jeff's always talking about the, the narcissistic side to content creation. And I think mm-hmm. it's, it's so interesting to me and, and probably everybody that has ever stood in front of a camera in their workshop or in, you know, anywhere and filmed themselves probably has that same struggle, right? Like this seems so freaking narcissistic that here I am Mm. recording myself, you know, um, doing whatever it is, even if it's just talking about your day, hell, you could argue the podcast, right? Is, is to, to an extent, a form of narcissism, right? Brian house mentioned before he left, right? the need to promote yourself is real. And when your brand is you, you know, I mean, you, you make knives, I do woodworking, Brian makes grinders, but at the end of the day, a massive part of the brand is yourself. Is you, yeah. Your voice, your face. Yeah. And I've, I've never really thought of it that way, but it totally makes sense that this is totally all an exercise in narcissism. It is to an extent. But I think, I think I never really thought of it that way because in high school I did a lot of like, I, I, I was lead roles in a lot of different plays. Yeah. So like, you know, getting up and also, you know, just, you know, especially like wrestling, it's one man and, you know, faced against another man and it's all of the stadium is roughly watching you and, you know, you, you, so like getting up in front of people has not, haven't, hasn't really been like a big fear of mine for a long time. So like standing in front of the camera is just kind of another form of, you know, an audience. Yeah. So maybe I've just thought of it in that way, just entertainment, because like, right? you you're, know, you're I've creating, already been used to it. Yeah. You're creating entertainment. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's interesting how, to me, how 
different people com compartmentalize that narcissism or, or whatever it is, right? I often think, well, I'm educating people, right? Or the content I'm creating is educational. People could learn from it. Others lean more into the entertainment side, right? Like I'm creating a video for sure. entertainment purposes. There are all kinds of reasons. But I feel like I'm, <clears throat> I feel like I'm like straddling that line with my knife yeah. videos. Like I'm right, I'm right I, there. I don't know. I think it takes, you know, people say it takes <clears throat> X number of videos before you find that theme or you find your quote style. I think mm -hmm. more so, I don't know. I'd probably argue that it's less finding your style and, and more finding your purpose, right? Like mm. how do you overcome yeah, that I narcissism? Like that. That's the purpose. Nice that argues in his, in this video, folks can watch it. I don't want to spoil too much, but um, he argues, you know, there's the difference between narcissism and universality. Essentially he cites a, a documentary style film that he went and saw recently and the guy that wrote the film, um, you know, he had to make a choice to put himself in the film or not. And it just so happened that the guy who wrote it was a close personal friend of the person that the video was about, right? And so with him not being in the video, it the video would have lost a lot, right? Because sure, this, this sure. guy was, you know, chumming it up with the gosh i'm like blanking on who the hell it was about it was about some famous author but he made the choice finally in the end to put himself in the movie in the documentary and what nice that says you know he's like if he had not made that choice if he had not you know entertained his narcissistic side even just a little bit he's like the film the world would have lost you know we would have lost this huge gift you know, and I think it's, I don't know, I, it kind of sparked something with me because it kind of made me think like, yeah, you're right. You know, um, that universality where, you know, if you can get over the who the hell am I to be a movie star or, you know, or to be the world's expert on knife making or whatever, you know, if you can overcome that, I think, and compartmentalize it, however, you know, call it marketing, call it education, call it entertainment, whatever that may be, I think to me, that's, that's like a huge hurdle for a lot of folks. Right. I, yeah, I saw yeah. last night and oh, go ahead. I, I think like you're, you're talking about like, who am I to be the next, yeah. you know, world expert or whatever. So, so that kind of, just to try to like base it in my, my own experience is like, um, you know, I, I've always looked up to Jeremy from simple little life yeah. because he is like, he, he doesn't pretend to be like a all knowing no. knife expert, but he's more like, Hey, this is what I do. This is how yep. I do things. Let me show you these tips and tricks. Let me show you what I use. Um, this is how the, and then also build videos of, Hey, if you're just here to watch a knife get made in a really pretty fashion, yeah. you know, here it is. And that's that kind see, he, he is who I strive to be as right. a, as a YouTuber. You get the and, feeling, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not looking to, you know, save big money on your outdoor project. Now at Menards, we have everything you need to keep your outdoor power equipment running smooth so you can keep that lawn in tip-top shape or enjoy some time on your boat. Right now, all FVP, lawn and garden, and marine batteries are on sale through May 5th. Check out our entire selection of FVP batteries today. 
and view our weekly flyer on Menards.com for more great deals. Save big money at Menards. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply replace him in any sort no. of way but like i'm i'm trying to be the next generation of yep. that you know and you get the feeling like I, that I, I don't necessarily want to like you know take down jeremy no, I, i'm gonna no. i'm gonna take your shit and make it my, no but, of course you not we're, we're all here yourself to... you know and i think that's the that's right. the key and like watching jeremy's videos in particular like you have not a doubt in your mind that if you were standing in the room while he was filming it when the camera turned off, he would be the exact same person. Exact you know? same person. Yeah. It's it's yep. interesting. And I think well speaking of Jeremy, I think we're going to try to get him on the next podcast. I, heard I know that. we had teased yeah. I know we had teased that um we were going to have the hustle and grind boys yeah. on today's episode, but sadly there was a little bit of, you know, scheduling things that didn't quite work out. <laughs> <laughs> I think they always have a pickle. But um, you know, Hustle and Grind, they're they're a fantastic podcast. Yes. Actually, I was on a live stream. Um, I don't know, you know, Ryan Chadborn. I don't know if you know that I do that name. No, the name for sure. Um, I haven't they, spoken with him, but of I figure, but you know, just in case. Um yeah. so he is an awesome guy. He's always one of those guys that if you're doing a live stream, you know, he's always jumping yeah. on and you know, chit chatting with I was on a live stream listening to Jason and Pickle. And they just announced that they're gonna they're gonna have Ryan on as their third oh nice their third host nice so now they've got the three host the thing I, I really threat. think that that is the way to go yeah it, yeah that that is the best way because like right now <laughs> you know Brian had a hard out this is a perfect example yeah. where um you know if if one person has to go out there's still still two people to have a conversation it's you know? the only way to solo keep shows a consistent schedule yeah. and a consistent uh, set of hosts right. <laughs> yeah, solo shows can definitely happen, yeah. but you know, it's if you have two people and you have to do a solo ho- show, you know, you you can only talk to yourself oh, man. for so long. I've done it once. Make it you've, interesting. You've taken the mic a few times, but um, yeah, really quick, and I want to throw this in, then we'll jump into the W five projects. But I had a last night. I was cruising Instagram, and I I there's a guy Canadian carpenter. He's been on you you know on Instagram hell probably one of the ogs in the sort of carpentry and he does framing so he runs a framing business up in canada and frames houses just has some incredible content he was a daily poster incredibly active in the community very you know clearly spent a ton of time on his feed and had he has 137,000 followers I saw last night. Okay. He makes a post, picture of himself sitting against the wall, head in his hands, and it something to the effect of that's it, I'm done. I quit. Whoa. And uh No shit, he, what happened? No real info. You know, he didn't really share anything. Oh. All he said was um you know, done with basically it. encouraged everybody to think twice before they spend all day, you know, stuck in their screens and uh you know, hashtag shit just got real or whatever. And 
Oh, um, okay. I think potentially some mental health issue or okay. challenge yeah. that he was uh, trying to overcome. But I, I just wanted to throw it out there just as a PSA more than anything, right? I mean, I spent time early on in my Instagram quote career encounter where it, you know, it didn't get to that point, but I'll tell you what, it it wouldn't have been too many more steps and it would have, you know, it could spiral very Mm -hmm. quickly. So just dude, mental, mental health is a very serious, like I know we're all, we're all mostly guys listen to this mate. You know, I I don't want to discriminate that way, but you know, normally it's kind of the masculine thing about, oh, well, you just do the work yeah. till it's done and, you know, just, just push through and you'll be done when you're dead. You can sleep when you're dead and shit like that. Well, come on. Yeah. Like that's, that's not realistic. And when you're that's creating, not going to make you happy. Yeah, when you're creating content, you know, you know, the system, A, the system doesn't give a shit, right? The system will consume you. It will eat you whole. In fact, it yeah. is by its very design, that's what it's meant to do, Right. Every engineer at Instagram and Facebook basically is trying to figure out how to get you to spend to, more time on that platform, right? And eventually... To your own detriment. Yeah. And, right. they, and they don't think about that, right? Like health and all this and that. Apple puts a screen time monitor on your phone. Well, that doesn't fucking do a damn thing, you know? No, it, it doesn't. It takes being able to step away from it yourself or at least being able to manage it in such a way... Because, you know, otherwise your whole life can slip really, really fast. You know, we do this podcast every week for an hour, hour and a half. And I know I can say it's the fastest hour or hour and a half of my week every fucking week. Oh, absolutely. So not, not, that's not a joke at all. Like you see how fast that goes by. Uh, the next oh, shit last week we did we did almost a two hour episode with my brother yeah. and it felt like thirty minutes exactly it's crazy yeah so I just just a little encouragement to everybody you know check yourself every now and then and um, don't let that quote narcissism get the best of you right it's as somebody who used to who that really used to bother and I really used to you know spend a ton of time posting every day and all that as somebody now that you know, went several months without posting and has gone, uh, you know, over a year with minimally posting. I can tell you after a year of, I don't know, I maybe had 50 posts in the past year, whereas years previous, it was 365. You know, I can tell you now I've got the same number of followers as I did a year ago. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, at the end of the day, um, it's not about those numbers. It's not about keeping up with the Joneses. It's not about any of that. Um, I think some of your number issues because you've pigeonholed yeah, yourself into such yeah. a small niche. Like that's, yep. I mean, I don't think that's applicable to everyone, but I do really resonate with it your does. idea of, you know, social media can eat you alive. Yeah. And it doesn't, it will do that willingly. And, you know, as much, as much time as you put into it, you have to be seeing that return on investment. Yeah, you do. Because if yep. you're if you're not doing something that's going to make you happy eventually, I mean, yeah. I I'm all about you know embracing the suck and doing sure. things that you have to do so that you can have fun at the end of the day. But like you have to have that fun yeah. at the end of the day. And like don't the, forget about you can't think, just have yeah. you can't just have a sucky life and right. you think that you're going to end out in a happy situation. And for many, I think social media provides that right. And folks like us who spend a lot of time in a workshop alone. 
uh, that the, that ability to reach out to other people who spend a lot of time in a workshop alone, you know, is awesome. It's amazing. And I think when you're trying to climb that, that ladder, trying to build that community or build that following, it's so easy to lose sight of the intangibles, right? The fact that, holy shit, I did just talk to 10 people today in the DMs or, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, I do now have this community of people that I can reach out to at any time with any question about any topic and get an answer. You know, it's, it's easy to forget that stuff. And, uh, you know, if, if all you're focused on is the number, man, it can be a miserable, miserable ride. <laughs> and uh, So speaking of our followers yeah. and people you can reach out to, there is a very specific way that people can reach out into uh, and get in on the show, and yeah. that's with hashtag WFI Projects. I love ben, it. do you have one pulled out, or should I, uh, I, should I grab my first one? I my phone. Go for it. Yeah, so I actually have one pulled up right here it's uh ntiat river forge i know we've we've featured him quite a few times Great, on yeah. the podcast he actually did a post talking about axe wax yeah, i saw that last with night. all of with all of his knives he's putting in a little one ounce puck of axe yep. wax and you know i personally use that i know some people use it and love it i'm i'm one of those guys that you know i just find that it does a fantastic job yeah, and i've not you tried know just it. all the finishing on the wood or if you make damascus or even on mono steel you know especially with your shipping yeah. you want to put some sort of a coating on your finished product be it woodworking or yep. steel working or whatever the hell you're doing you want to put you know if it's if it's finished to a polish and it's really pretty and you put that in the mailbox and all of a sudden it goes through Ooh. you know the, every single one of those mail carriers all the way down to Wendy, you know, helping Brian, um, you know, they're just kicking it through and they don't really care if they drop it a couple, you know. Yep. So, like, it can get wet. It can get, you know, basically this Axe Wax gives a little protective coating. They're not a sponsor. I'm, I'm doing an ad read for them for free. Here. Hey, man. I, I, <laughs> but, um, I really appreciate that he's, you know, featuring out Axe Yeah, Wax. that's um, awesome. Yeah, they're, I've thought about using it on uh, cutting boards. I, I use... Yeah, um, for sure. I... Uh, I I do my cutting. I do all of my wood handles with it, and I put it on the Damascus. And I imagine um, it's got. I be... also bring it home. Okay. I bring it home and put it on my cutting boards. I I have a couple yep. of the cutting boards I made five, six, seven years ago that I still use. And I, I, I mean, I put a. I I don't do it every single time, but, but um, you know, about once a month or so, I put a little bit of you know a little finger full of axe wax and spread it out yeah. over it. Yeah, it's good. Enough. Yeah, for folks that uh, maybe don't do that with wooden wooden cutting boards. You know, you want to oil them somehow fairly regularly or they'll dry out. And, I mean, it's never going to, um, your, your wooden cutting board is never going to go bad, right? But oiling them definitely helps keep them, helps. you know, a little softer, yeah. they, a little easier on the knives. And you can use about any oil, but preferably you want to use something that's not going to uh, sort of go rancid. You know, like I've seen folks rubbing vegetable oil and olive oil on and, Oh yeah. yeah, that can mold. I actually and had get nasty. I had my I made a knife for my grandma, and I told her that you. I basically told her you want to put some. Or I told her I used this mineral oil yeah. back before I was yep. using um, axe wax, and I told her I put this oil on it, and you know, not not all the time, but you know, once a month, maybe once every other month, you know, just to kind of make sure that yep. the the handle doesn't wear out or whatever. And she just, you know, she thought oil was oil, and she started putting olive yeah. oil on it. 
And like a month or two into that, she said, you know, do you mind, you know, doing a quick refinish on it? And I pulled it out and she, it looks like she put olive oil on it every day for oh. a month. It, it was just rancid gross. Yeah. But you know, you, you clean that up and you make it, you yeah. make it happen. And I would the, say the handle if you're... definitely lost a little bit of width on yeah. that. Just trying to grind out all that crap out of if it. If you're but. using it, you know, like a cutting board, if you, if you're using it daily and you're washing it, you know, it's just simple soap and water. Um, you can probably get away with a vegetable oil or an olive oil because a lot of that's sort of getting washed away. But yeah, especially a board that you don't use very often. And for God's sakes, if somebody gives you a cutting board, gifts it to you, or you buy it from somebody, use the damn thing. I see so many cutting boards that I make go out to people's houses and they lean against the fucking wall on the counter, you know? Oh my gosh. I've literally, so my, I made one for my mom and basically I ended up making her, I made her one and she did the same thing where it's sitting in her kitchen and it's like set up against the wall and it's like, it never gets used. So I ended up making a second one or no, no, I made one for my brother and she, he moved down to Nashville and left it here. So she, you know, he of course used, used the cutting board. So that became the user cutting board at my parents' house. And then there's like a pretty one that never gets touched. It's like, dude, come on. I I made this for you. I, I don't make stuff to be pretty yeah. like, i do make pretty stuff but like yeah. use it use it it's it's made to be you know used and abused you spend so much time i saw nick anger nick nick anger the other day it was combing anger anger was combing through his feed and he one of his posts i you know i sometimes enjoy that you know you just roll up to somebody's actual channel on instagram and sort of look back through the archive i, I don't I don't do it often, but when I do, it's always kind of, it's really cool to see the development or the changes in people's work over time. But he made a comment about how nice it is to see when he sends out a knife or sells a knife to actually see people using it. And I, yeah, because those things are ridiculous. And I think you think about the time you spend to make sure that a, the blade's going to hold up, that it's got the right geometry, that it's, you know, sharp and going to stay sharp and that it's not going to break or that it has good food release or all these factors that we just fuss over every tiny mm-hmm. little detail. All that work, all that thought goes completely out the freaking window if it's going to become an art piece, right? Yeah. <laughs> so... We actually, my, my buddy and I we used to get super into disc golf, uh-huh. and I know this is kind of out of left wing, or out of the, you know, out of out of left field, but, um, you know, we, we're, we're disc golfing, and then we got so into, you know, buying all these discs, yeah. and, like, we both had thrown in hundreds of dollars, if not a thousand dollars or more, into these discs, yep. and then we started, like, getting into, like, collector disc golf discs, so, like, we called them wall hangers, nice. and you literally just buy them to put them on the yep. wall, and it's like... All of a sudden, we snapped out of it. Like, what in the hell are we doing? Yeah, man. Hey, there's a lot of this people. This is disc that... golf. This this thing that like you you buy a disc and like there's water hazards and if you yeah. hit the tree and it goes in the water, your disc is gone. Right. And we're buying these <laughs> discs that we literally will never throw yeah. because they're pre- same what? as tools, right? Pe- what are we doing? Do every, there's a, there are a lot of people that do that with tools, right? You you, you covet tools and we build these garage mahals, you know, and I see that all the time, right? No, no immediate applicable use yet. I got to buy this $5,000 drill press or this, you know, whatever it is, sander or whatever. Uh, You can, you can fall into that trap pretty damn quickly. You know, 
I still say for sure, for sure. I get a lot of questions about people uh, about tools on my feed and folks. A very common question is, "Hey, I'm just getting started. What tools should I buy?" And my very first question is always, "What are you building?" You know, and do right. you have the tools to build it? If not, buy those tools. Don't. Then figure out your next project. Right. And you know, if it needs new tools, yeah, yeah, go from there. Anyway. See, that's, that's one of the things that like my, especially with my Damascus knives, they're priced at a price point that, you know, I, I make a, I make the amount of money that I need to make to right. survive. And it's, it's not like I'm, it's not like I'm jacking up prices to no. jack up prices, but they are priced at a high enough price point to, for the average person, you know, that, that is a pretty it's, large, a spending knife, you know, yeah. this is way more it's a spending knife it's it's there's no sugarcoating that and for some people they buy that like you know some people buy it and they're like oh i spent this much on a knife i never want to use it so it stays perfect but then you also have the other hand where you have professionals who buy my knives because of its utility that that is yes they're spending that much on a knife but they're using it and they're abusing it and i love seeing those knives because you can see it a year into everyday use three years into everyday use, you know, someday I'm hoping to see my knives decades into everyday use and see how they have held up for the, you know, test of time. Even if it's like a home, home cook that uses it on a very regular basis. Um, but I, I, I will always sell a knife. Like if you're buying this to, you know, put it up on the wall, of course I'll make it for you. But like, that's not my ultimate goal with them. I want them. I build them (laughs) to be used. I want those fuckers to be used. Damn it. (laughs) Well, knife making you you guys, um, with woodworking, my, the diversity of my projects, there are times where I can easily, I won't say build in, but due to the price point, if I have a really say I'm building a, a huge cabinet or a built-in or a set of cabinets or something like that. There's usually plenty of room in there if I need a specific tool or if there's a tool that would make life tremendously easier, right? A lot of times I can mm-hmm. build a good portion of the cost of that tool into a quote, you know, into an actual bid. Mm-hmm. And so uh, that's another way of, you know, I'd say if folks are looking to get new tools or <clears throat> afford new tools. If you sell your work, that's always something I, I look to do. And, you For know, sure. I may not make as much money Dude. on that project, but the time it'll save me on that project and future projects pays for itself really quick. For sure. For sure. Yeah. We have totally yes. gone on a tangent. Me, we need to get back to WFI. B. Schultz, you, you got one? B. Schultz cool. knives. Uh, you hear me? Yes, okay. I hear you. B. Schultz knives posted a knife sheath that he made. Ooh, nice. <clears throat> looks like uh, he's not primarily a leather worker, but uh, did a dang nice job on that sheath. I've, he uh, it looks like veg tan, and then he dyed it jet black. And uh, nice, like I nice. said earlier, kind Good of aesthetic right there. Dabbling back into leather work a bit. It's. Uh, there's, and I think we've talked about it on the show. Leatherwork is an interesting thing because just about anybody can do it and get a usable product in the end. But the difference between a purely functional piece and a piece that really looks good is like about two years or more worth of experience is what I'm finding. You know, it's like, 
It, a lot of work yeah. is and if tricky. if you have the passion for it, the two years will just fly it on will. by. It will. Sadly, I don't have the passion for leather work, so I yeah. I hire out my leather dude. But I'm thinking. Yeah, I totally get that. Deeper here. It's a nice. Ooh, maybe maybe are we seeing another Brian Ben collaboration since the last one kind of yeah. kind of died. Uh, on us? Actually, I I the other day I was combing through videos and. I found three quarters of the of the footage now. I'm just missing some parts, okay. so I think I can actually put the dang thing together. Hey, we can finally put that back. Yeah, together. man. Nice, nice. Go ahead. I got. So my next guy is Wangle Wangles Wangle. <laughs> Wangles Workshop. Nice. W e n g e l s Workshop. All right. I know we featured him quite a few times too, yeah. but he has this. It looks like a Warncliffe or like a chopper style knife. I love that blade shape, by the way. I just just absolutely love that. But the thing that I wanted to point out is that you know brute to forge forge texture up on the top of the blade section. Yeah. Oh, I have been diving into that my process to get that. Oh, that nice. Look. I love that. And look. I just love that look. Yeah. I know, you know, some people think that, Oh, you're just leaving that there because you don't want to spend the time to clean that up. You know, I, I get that, yeah. but I, I just really am falling in love with that process and, you know, doing, doing the whole forging process and also like being able to make that forage texture, not look rough, but look like yeah. intentional. Yeah. And it, the intentionality of the way that that looks like you, ha- it's not like you just grind the bevel and you just leave it can that look like shit the way if it you is. don't do it right. Yeah. It can look like shit. Like if you just leave it dirty and it, it just, it'll rust easy and all that stuff, you do have to, you know, grind that away. I find that, um, Oh shoot! What's it called? The not the Scotch Bright belts, but the surface conditioning mm-hmm. belts really, really, um, you know, blend that away quite nicely. And I, I tend to leave just a little bit more of the dark down in the bottom of the divots, yeah. more than what Wangle's doing. Yep. But um, yeah, I just, I, I just am really focusing on getting that intentional look of the brute to forge nice. for sure, for sure. S. Yeah, check out Wangle's workshop. Uh, Great dude. S. Dot Collins knives first tapered tang forge knife profile finished on the grinder another sort of brute de forge looking uh blade and i just realized i don't know if this is a new feature but um i so i follow hashtag wfi projects which for folks that don't know you can do that um in instagram if you just search go to the search put in hashtag wfi projects and then you should see the hashtag come up in search results. And then when you're in that hashtag, you can follow it. But I just noticed on mine, there are now tabs. So there's top, recent, and reels. And I don't know if that's a new feature, but in the past, I feel like I was always, it was all out of order. But now I can yeah, actually. I, I, I always do recent. I must yeah, have missed I, it. I've then. always put it in recent. Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I must have just totally missed it. Um... Maximus Knives, the Harley Quinn. Great dude. Neil from Maximus Knives. He, another guy, I've said this like 50 times in the podcast, but he, we need to get him yes. on as a guest. That looks like... um. Great dude. That looks like it might be uh, Box Elder for the handle. I know... Um, of course, you would Jason, know it just by sight. Uh, Love it. <laughs> JK, yeah, JK Blades. He, well, the only reason I know it actually is because of Jason, because he posted... Um, one of his, I think it was his paring knife that, uh, what's he calling it? The storm or something that he's got. Oh yeah. I was talking to him sale. about that. And that pretty stuff is box pretty elder stuff. as well, but uh, good looking stuff. 
Dude, I love the fact that he can make a paring knife look like slightly aggressive. Oh man, it's like yeah. it, it looks like a. It's not just like a paring knife. It's like a badass paring yeah. knife. Yeah, and I'll tell you that I'm still just absolutely in love with that paring knife I got from him and that uh, waffle. The one, yeah, one thing. And Jason, if you're listening, this the one small thing. I've got pretty big paws, pretty big hands, and I find the handle yeah. just to be a touch short, but. Um, I think for the average human, it's probably perfect. And also, like, if I'm sure if he was making it to order for you, yeah. he would ask you, like, like when when I ask my customers, what size glove do you wear? Oh, because I want to gauge the size <clears throat> hand that you have. Yep. So, like, if you have a large size glove, cool. You know, you and I will have the same size hand. I'll just make it to my hand. Yeah. If you wear a medium or small, I'll make it smaller. If yep. you if you have an XL, or I had one guy that um, it was a wife ordering for her husband for Christmas and he says he norm if he can find a triple X glove then we'll get those gloves most of the most of the time he can't wear gloves because he can't find gloves big enough oh man that's big hands. so that guy got that guy got my sax knife and I just made this the end it, I mean for me I could put two hands yeah. on that thing <laughs> I remember yeah actually I remember that when we when we were uh talking about and designing that um that knife you made for me I remember you bringing that up about what size glove right, and how right. big your hands. And it's not something I would have thought of um, immediately. And sometimes if a, if a handle is a little short, right, sometimes it's actually more comfortable to have that pinky sort of off the back of the, you know, the handle. I don't know. On, on some knife blades or some knife designs, you know, maybe if it's just like a smaller type thing, yeah. then yeah, you can do that. Like my nano neck knives is like a one finger, right. you know, handle, maybe a one and a half. But like I like to make my knives so that it it molds the yeah. hand so that it fits. I like when you make your fist and you hold it the way you're supposed to hold it, it should fill yep. perfectly. It kind of depends. So if, if on you the, get that and the knife, too. if you get that, if you get that fit and it doesn't, if the handle is too big or too small, like that will feel uncomfortable. Yeah. So I I try to get it as close as if possible. If it's a an outdoor knife, you know that I'm going to use for skin and game or you know gutting a deer or something, I. I prefer almost a little bit smaller of a handle because I'm often gripping it in a bunch of different ways. You know, it's not just oh a, sure, sure. like a, a I get you, I get you. yeah, like a kitchen knife, you know, you're always going to hold it more or less in a, in the same position or a very similar position. Um, but yeah. yeah so yeah. back to WFI projects, um, yep. I have to feature <clears throat> echo underscore blades again. Dude, how I know about we just it? had him on the show. Dude, how cool! I love the spontaneity of how that just fell together. That at the was end of that incredible. Podcast. Yes, that was so perfect. Yeah, he made a post where it's basically just featuring our podcast and like how he like spontaneously was able to jump onto it. <laughs> yeah, and I I thought that that was so cool. That is definitely something that I want to do in the future. Yeah, where like. I, I mean, I don't want it to get out of hand where, like, we're getting, like, 15 people trying to jump on and, like, mug yeah, me but... right because they know <laughs> if if we're if we're bullshitting at – or we start our podcast and we're bullshitting at, you know, 8 o'clock, by the time it gets to 9, 9.30, like, right now it's 9.42, you know, that would be the time to, like, be chirping in my ear, right. like, hey, you know, let's go ahead and jump on. But I, I, I want it to be spontaneous like that just kind exactly. of fell, fell together. I think that's where but, um, um, it would be cool to get, it would be cool to be able to do the work for it projects and be able to like have people jump on for a minute. Yeah, like, would. Hey, this is what I was doing. This is what, you I, know, yada, yada, yada. I think, uh, and we've been talking offline a bit about, um, different 
uh, software for recording, right? And we've talked about this yes, for yes. eons, it seems, since I've been on. And we tried the whole live stream stuff. And <clears throat> so I've been doing the deep dive into all the different options that are out there. And I think um, changing platforms, changing recording platforms could very well open some doors for us in that regard as well. So I don't think that that would necessarily be, you know, an, I don't think that would be unnecessary for just having these guests on yeah. real quick because I did that through Instagram. Just I think we did a FaceTime yeah. or a uh, whatever they call it on Instagram, a live, a lot, not a live, but you know what I'm yeah. talking about. Yeah. Where basically I just can do that on the roadcaster and just have them on, and but yeah. he'll only hear me. If we do, um, where I, if we have guests though, we need that superior audio yeah. from you know, four or five, six people. And sadly what we're using now doesn't, doesn't support that. So we definitely need to, upgrade. I'd be interested and I'll throw this out there for folks who are still listening. I'd be interested to know if folks would, um, would be interested in a video version of the show. You know, there's a good number of podcasts out there that have the traditional audio, Spotify, Apple podcasts, whatever, but then also, They'll post like a YouTube the show on type YouTube, thing? yeah. Where, yeah, um, you know, and you're looking at a split screen more or less with, you know, three of our faces. But just be curious if folks would be interested in that or not. Uh, I'm torn. Yeah, but. I've I've seen a couple podcasts do it. I know um, Knife Talk has done that in the past, yeah. and I think it would be a cool feature and have like a live once yeah. a month or so. But I don't think that that would be something we want to do every day. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And a lot of the po- new podcast platforms, that's kind of their big push, right? Is live streaming to five platforms. And Brian and I did it that one time. And, and we had a tremendous audience. And we got a lot of participation. But I can tell you the um, <clears throat> the effort level increases very quickly. Like to, to yes. pull all that off, to manage all of the different streams and feeds and <laughs> You know, and, and have uh, to look good on camera. Yeah, you know, you I can't mean, just have any old background. Can't just sit here naked like I usually do. Oh, <laughs> you too? I thought that You're was right. just a me thing. <laughs> <laughs> nope, not alone. <laughs> hey, who's this? Uh, <laughs> who's this? Uh, who's this? Is it German? Um, yeah, it must be Flatchland Holster. He's making vacuum formed something here in his post. I don't know. I don't. I'm not. WFI I'm, projects, I'm not of sure course, which one. bouncing back. I know somewhere. WFI projects, but I'm not. Have you ever played around with vacuum forming? Sure. Oh, now I see it. Flash, fl- Flashland yeah, holster. I'm trying Flashland. to say it with a slight German accent. He's, oh, I, okay. Yeah, I'm not so sure what that Instagram is. Instagram translated it for me. There's a vacuum. We have a vacuum. Okay. Looks like a uh, vacuum is former. Get vacuum. Is is get vacuum. Yeah. You just have to say it angry and is it's German. Get vacuum. But anyway, uh, vacuum forming is something I've always been interested in trying, but never have. Adam Savage does a lot of that with like model building and shit like that. You know, you you uh, can make molds basically really easily. And I think they use Kydex or something. Now. Do you know what is what he's molding or what that thing is that he's doing? I don't. Um, is it for like a holster? It looks or like something? it looks like he has whatever device he needs a holster for covered in masking tape, and then he lays a mm. piece of Kydex. It looks like over it, 
Oh yeah, that would make a lot of sense. And then, and then uh, you get a vacuum. You get vacuum form instead yep. of those two pieces of. You it's know, like wet molding that you leather together. Yeah, you've probably seen folks wet yeah. mold leather. Oh, I yeah. I wet mold leather. Oh, well, hold on. This is a great. This is a great uh, switch. Speaking of leather, Moonshine Leatherworks yeah. is my next feature. Man, that guy's making so, some um, great So he's stuff. doing these hats. Yeah. Um, it looks like he's getting these camo hats, and he's he's must be making these patches, these yep. leather patches that. Um, I think is is that his logo the the I the moonshine must bottle with the jug with the three X's on it. I think I think that's his logo. I'm not entirely sure. Oh, Maybe it is. I should have yep. looked I into that before. I can see from his channel. And um, he he must be making those. He is making those patches and then sewing them on these hats. You know, yeah. moonshine. Reach out to me. I'm looking into doing different hats and apparel. I have my um, hat guy, or I have my apparel guy over in Sandusky, but yeah, he you know, says, hey, uh, you know, if I can, if I can offer a couple different things and do like the cheap <laughs> model from from my guy in Sandusky, and then you know, like the the premium leather version from you, yep. hit me up, man. Let's let's do some business. Available for order if you can make it. OG Bottomland uh, Richardson 112 is the hat. Uh, forty yeah, bucks it looks, and it looks uh, high quality. One fifteens are thirty, forty and thirty five dollars and some shipping charges. But he's four higher. And dude, he, uh, hit me up in the DMs, man. Let's let's get this going. Yeah, because I reached out to, to him. Offer I found some a hat. Awesome, some hats. <laughs> I found a winter hat that I that I liked the other day and picked it up on the cheap and uh, ended up. I have a pat leather patch that I branded my logo into and I was hand stitching that patch onto this hat and I reached out to him uh, commenting on that post because the hat that I have has like an insulation in, in it. And so it's got a layer mm-hmm. of fabric insulation, then another layer of fabric. By the time I punched the needle through those three layers of fabric, when you saddle stitch, you've got to bring the other thread back through the same hole and let me tell you, okay. you couldn't put enough hair on that hole. I wouldn't have found it. <laughs> oh, I mean, it is a royal pain in the ass to stitch that way. But anyway, he mentioned that he machine stitches his hats. But yeah, really cool stuff. He just makes some great leather work. I know I just went, but I'm going to pull another one. Maybe, maybe you can do two in yeah. a row. Um, abstract Blacksmith with this... Um, here, let's see what th- he's doing. Tongs, and it looks like he's got these. Basically, it's it's the loop on the end of. I don't actually. Now that I'm looking at it a little more careful, maybe it's not a tongue. Maybe no, it's some sort said, of a um, like fire poker. Oh, what did he say? Couple fire pokers. I should have literally just read the first sentence. <laughs> wow, good podcast, Brian. <laughs> good job. Go, <laughs> but anyway, so he forged out this uh, leaf, and then he. <clears throat> He spun it around like it's it's a loop on the end, and then the the end of the loop wraps around um, the the end of the fire poker, and then you has a leaf formed on the end of that yeah. that little loopy section. And goodness, is that just a gorgeous piece of blacksmithing yeah, right there? It is having having jumped into you know doing a little bit more you know blacksmithing right. myself. Um, that is just a level of work that is like you know makes your jaw drop because like yeah. I I made. One of the videos that I was working on over the past week or so is uh, with my with my new anvil. I made a little hammer and tong rack, and oh my goodness, is it nice. just like you yeah. know? I'm I'm working on a lot it. Of I'm, work. I'm forging it, and it's like I spent I spent the better part of thirty minutes making this thing, and it looks 
god uh, like aesthetically <laughs> it's terrible yeah. i just i'm looking at this little leaf with the you know rounded over tapered oh, I, oh my it's goodness. gotta be hard enough just gorgeous i've often thought i think i mentioned that on the last show like i, I don't blacksmithing and <clears throat> pounded metal i don't think i don't think i'm quite made for that you know <laughs> it's a totally different mindset yeah. like you know, sanding and, and, you know, obviously they're removing metal and like, it seems, but the thing with it, it's like, you know, you, it's not, it's not a reductionist, you know, right. Form of and work. it seems really it's slow. It's just squishing it around like Play-Doh and like tr- trying to think of sculpting, not as, you know, you know, make pulling away material to, or you're right. taking you off the same material amount. to reveal what's inside. Yeah. It's the same amount of material. You're just squishing it into shape. Yeah. I, and using a you know flat or you know some rounded hammer or whatever, right. and being able to squish it with that, you know, you you have to think about the flat surface of your anvil and the the slightly curved surface of your hammer, and like you have to think about how you're hitting it and the the orientation of your hand hammer as you're hitting it to squish it in yeah. just the right direction. It's it's an absolute like. Art. You have to, it's not just like you, you pick it up and you can just think, oh, well, I'm going to squish it into this shape and you just squish it into this yeah. shape. To make it look good, you have to be very intentional. I can and imagine. That's something that I am just di- diving into and loving every second <laughs> It seems of. like it's such a slow process too. I guess that's something that always kind of would trip me out or, you know, if, if you know where you want to get, but every hit creates such minimal impact, right? Sometimes, you know, some processes happen really quickly. You know, it's like if you have 36 grit sandpaper versus 220 sandpaper, right? It's like sometimes the 220 is often even a little bit harder when you get to that point because the change is so minute, you know, and it takes Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. much more time to work it all out. But yeah. Um, Yeah, I'm loving it, man. It's, it's It's an absolute mind bender but i'm i'm enjoying it i apologize oh shoot ben you've got some vacuuming going in the background my my mother could my mother could clean a clean a operating room before surgery and still find dirt (laughs) i apologize uh josh and josh and hey ma i'm podcasting over here 40 42 you're gonna be 42 years old living with my mother in an apartment in pittsburgh hey man you, it's no big deal you're you're doing what you gotta do with your we're living stuff. large baby uh josh endes <laughs> made some pretty awesome kydex sheaths um but one of the things that stood out besides the knives and the great sheath work is these holsters the tell lock belt clip from blade tech holster they look really pretty freaking cool um and i actually believe i saw these a couple times in wfi projects as i was combing through uh and they can be used i think in a number of different orientations on your belt so i'm always looking for stuff like that to add to leather work you know whether there's always the simple little you know, chrome plated steel, uh, little things you can slide over your belt or in a pocket or whatever. And they're actually a pain in mm-hmm. the ass to work with in leather work. And I'm always looking for a better option besides just a leather loop, you know, or something like that. But those plate sure, tech sure. things look pretty cool. Did you have one more or should I finish it off with my last one? Uh, I had one, but I think we, did we talk about, um, 
Rob Bo Rob Bograde with this cross. Well, go ahead, just in case we didn't. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, he's got a. It's a cross, and he says, "Rust is only skin deep. Made this from an old bolt that was rotting away. Ooh, a little Sunday love that. project to keep busy. Yeah, really nice. cool. Nice. Looks like an old nail, actually. Oh, it is a bolt. Now that I look wow. at it again, cool, but cool. really cool. Well, I'll mute so the vacuum. Very nice. Is, and what's what's the name again? Uh, what's Rob Bograde. R O B B O G R A D Y. Check it out, guys. And then I'm going to go ahead and finish it up with our, you know, one and only Kawa Jeanette with her fantastic wooden spoons. It looks like uh, three spoons and a spatula. Oh my goodness! I mean. One of one of the things when we finally move into a proper house out of this apartment, I definitely want to spec out my kitchen a little bit better. Like I, I have like a bunch of my own knives that are up that were are kind of our like users and abusers. But one of the things is we have some really cheap wooden hand or wooden um spoons and like, you know, basically it's you know, stirs and stuff like that. And I really want to get some of her work because I just know that the, the quality difference is just so incredibly different. Oh, it is. So, absolutely, absolutely. But yeah, man, so I think, oh, shoot, we're only, we're four minutes away from two-hour yeah, show. We, we, we gotta, can, we, we gotta. We can do this. The, the vacuuming's over. Dude, pull out, pull out one more or two more. <laughs> dude, pull out one or two more. We'll, we'll, uh, uh, we'll hit this two-hour mark. <clears throat> I've got uh, Langmuir Systems. Repost from Beck's Armory, cutting out sprockets on his, I assume it's a Langmuir Crossfire Pro, like our own Brian House rocks in his workshop. And the other one I've got is uh, Jamie the Squid with his Arbor Press. I am I am like fascinated with Arbor Presses lately, and uh, I gotta find me one of those. I think I've got a small press for leather work. I think it's a Tandy Tandy leather brand, and what oh, they have like their Craft Tool gotcha, Pro, gotcha. I think. But the one that I have is very specific for um, like leather stamping and that sort of thing. So it fits their dies sort of in a proprietary way, and I have not been able to make any modifications to it. So I'd like just a you know plain Jane Arbor press that you could use for. Whether it's setting rivets or, you know, putting your, your uh, maker's mark on a piece of leather or, you know, anything like that. The Arbor Press seems like, or even pressing how, pens how together. How stupid would a par Harbor Press or an Arbor Press be for hot stamping my my uh, maker's mark into the steel like, I think of, it'd be of great. my knives? Like, how, think, how stupid would that be? I don't think stupid at all. In fact... Um, <laughs> what I, what I like about, I've used my Arbor Press from Tandy. I had a custom stamp made and I use it all the time because then you can, you can jig up a fixture plate or some kind of fixturing right to where you know exactly where that thing's going to come down and mm, trying to do yeah. it by hand, you know, you get the shadow marks and all that other shit. See, and that's the thing is like. The thing, like I'm, I'm hand hand stamping, and some of it is, you know, those those little differences in each one is going to be kind of an interesting thing for a handmade knife. But yeah. like, 
especially with that forged texture on top, it really, because it's not a perfectly flat surface, normally when I put it right. down and the steel's red hot, I put down my, my hot stamp and I'm kind of just, you know, minutely moving it around and maneuvering it and right. trying to feel the flat, like the face of all the letters, you know, land yeah. flat on a surface. On, on a flat steel knife, that's totally fine and I can do that and I get some really good stamps. But yeah. any, anything with any sort of, uh, you know, forge or... texture or anything like that, it's so hard to feel that. Oh, I never thought. Lot, and yeah. of course, you've, you've got the timer of your steel's red hot and it's very quickly getting cooler and cooler. And if it gets too cool and you stamp it, then you could crack your blade yeah. or I know, wonder... it's not going to stamp deep enough. So like these these hand stamps are working pretty well, but I feel like an arbor press that will have yeah. the thing jigged up so that it's it's flat and it it'll go in so far. And you probably need yeah, that um, might be an interesting thing for me to, to try to play with. Yeah, you'd probably need a pretty beefy one. I'm just thinking. I don't. I, oh you know, yeah. Never stamping metal. Arbor freight's probably not going to cut it. I don't know. Um, like well, this one that Jamie the squid posted is a 25 ton, maybe. I don't know. Um, mm. but see, I almost think that maybe I should go with the Harbor Freight and buy the, uh, you know, what it. is it? The two year warranty, beat yeah. the ever loving crap out of it and get a new one every two years. Well, that's, <laughs> that's the Brian house method, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah. But sure. you know, you, I think you would also find a ton of other applications for it and uses for it. I mean, they're, they, I, you know, you just start poking around the internet on, things you can do with an arbor press and it's it's pretty bottomless um in terms okay. of the right. applicability um hey i'm gonna do one more before we go ahead and get out of this show yep. so providence woodworks um from florida yes. providence woodworks he he made this post on wfi projects and he hand forged a um one of those divot picks for golfing. I just saw that. That is a Badass. really interesting. Yeah. I'm I'm trying to think. Did he did he forge those tongs out? It must have been. Must have. You know. How? Because stock that's removal. That's crazy. How if, would if you, you got to forge those out in the inside middle. of there, yeah. right? That is a very. I would love to see if he has a YouTube channel. I'd love to see how that's done, because one of the things you know I'm making. I'm making knives. I could make, you know, spatulas. Right. I could make spoon. I really want to get into hand forged spoons. Oh yeah. But one of the things I wanted to try is a three prong or a four prong fork. Oh cool. But I'm trying to think, how in the world would you get that? You know, between the prongs, that's such a, a tight space. How would you make that pretty? Yeah, I'm thinking it's either file work to the max, or if he forged it to shape like this, that would be something I might want to look into. Yeah. So. No, he yeah, did a bang up that. job. That's, if, that's some. If he's listening, if it's forged to shape with those freaking tongs out there, that I need to know how you did that. Yeah, I was to say if if you're listening, brother, reach out. Let us know. We'd love to love to hear more info. If there's a place that you have a video or or have shared more about the process and you you uh, don't mind sharing, we would love to hear more about it. I just looked. It doesn't look like he yeah, has for sure. A, a YouTube or anything, but yeah, post, post some more info, brother. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And honestly, I think it has been a absolutely fantastic yeah. podcast, Ben. Awesome. I really enjoyed, you know, we had the first hour with Brian and now we had a second hour with just the two of us. And I think that we had some really good conversation. Oh yeah, man. Thank you, Ben. I, this has been awesome. I always enjoy sitting down and talking with you. Oh, I do too. It's, it's good to be back, back on the regular and, uh, I'm 
stoked for the all the legwork you've done to get uh, get some guests coming up. So that's going to be sweet. Potentially, yeah, that you mentioned Jeremy. Hey, and, and if anybody out there wants to be a guest, hit me up. Out. Maybe we can make this thing work. Yeah. We can get some get some more guests on a regular basis. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Yeah, man. All right, guys. Well, I appreciate every single one of you guys. You know what you got to do. You got to work for it, baby. Goodbye. See you guys. Goodbye. 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 Later. Oh, we got to get house to end it. To stop the recording. Hey, maybe this could be like the little Easter egg. Right. Uh, oh man shoot. good show good show i do like it. how knife it. talk does that where the, like they put the after show in you know yeah for sure it could be a little sure. little uh thing for the patrons i feel like we need to do more for the patrons yeah that's always been something dude i know you've been working on that project yes. uh what was it like wood like the yeah i think i had to abandon or? that well if i get back to boise here in the next month i'm gonna fire that back up just like a uh, edc speaking of abandoning speaking of abandoning projects the freaking shop scalpels yeah i was just mind. thinking about that the other day because um, oh i feel so bad <laughs> because i know i'm always well i'm not always but i i recently have told myself to be more careful about what you you know, the things you announce or, you know, just right. Yeah. Yeah. At least think about it for a minute. Like, Oh, should I, I just, I, is this practical to everything? I say yes to everything. And it's speaking of being very careful about what you're committing to with the shelf scalpel, you know, we, all three of us are doing a real big feature and focusing on our YouTube channels. Yeah. I really think that this would be a really good opportunity for the three of us to do do a cross promotion. Yep. Maybe start over on Brian's channel with the, you know, the cutting them out on his, what it, whatever that laser yep. cutter, the, what's it called? You know. Oh, the. Flagmere systems? Yeah, Langmere Crossfire it? Pro. Yep. Crossfire Pro. That, I think so too. cutting it out there, doing the heat yep. treat, and then chopping it over to me to do the, the grinds and the. I think the world's. You know, the handles and all. And then switching it. it over to your channel to, I mean, Let of course, work. Brian has the biggest channel. You know, to, to filter those people down to our little baby That'd channels be would be kind of a nice thing. Um, but yeah. I noticed uh, Knife.Designer, he's uh, TJ Schwarz. He's a knife designer. He actually has designed a number of knives for CRKT. Ooh, um, he, big shooter then. He has a scalpel. He, he calls it the Scalpel Plus. And, uh, it's, go- it's gone gangbusters. It looks like, but I, I've been, I follow him cause he's actually in Idaho. He's a, he lives in Boise, I believe. And, uh, he's posting a lot about these little scalpels and, um, reached out to him. It's about a month ago, I guess. Just kind of curious. Hey, how's it going? You know, um, do you, does it look like, you know, these are going to be a hot ticket item? He's like, honestly, this could be one of my best selling knives. And I don't know if it's just because the price point's low, lower or what, but his pre-sales sold out. And uh, yeah, and it, I think I think we really undersold ourselves at the that hundred dollar price point. Yeah, well, like, <laughs> I guess the first to get 20, all three of us to get all yeah to get all three of us on it to split yeah. to split that three ways. He wants and all of it, the shipping the shipping between yeah. us and TJ wants yeah, uh, that might be one hundred and thirty five for his scalpel. 
And it mm. comes with a leather okay. sheath. Yeah, but he doesn't have the one and only Brian House and the one and only Ben Butler working on it, you know? Yeah. Does it come with a sheath or no? It does. Just a simple little leather. Is it a handmade handmade leather it sheath looks or like a it. factory belt? It looks oh, like shit. it. Well, he's undercut us. Uh. Yeah. Well, and his is pretty simple, too. It's a lot less um, style, if you will. Flair. It's just a pretty straight. Does it, Now, here's the question. Does he have a podcast built up around? No, and like... but he might be a good guy to have on the podcast. Sure, sure. To, I I don't have to be the only guy setting up some guests. We can we brain. can make this a yeah, collaborative I'm gonna, thing. I was gonna say I well, I had mentioned reaching out to brands as well, and I'm gonna be doing some of that later this week. I think I've got sure some sure. time carved out. But um here let me send I'm gonna paste in the uh what you call it or here. I'll just text it to you. Send a message. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, just with this uh, shop scalpel stuff, it's pretty interesting. But anyway, well, sure, for sure. Hey, check your uh, yeah, check man. your mail. Did you get did you get my package yet? I don't. So I so the problem with that is that I've been I pretty much send everybody if they're sending something to me and sending instead of sending it here at the apartments where you know there's a bunch of other people right. around that could possibly it could be left on our stoop and some jackass decides to come by and pick it up i always send it to the address where my shop oh, is oh good call which yeah. is an hour away and now i don't have wheels well you'll have a treat for you when you get there i keep waiting when for when i finally get over there housework to open his damn box I haven't. Well, I don't want I don't want you to ruin the surprise of it. I know. So. I yeah. It's it's pretty pretty cool. I'm I'm excited yeah, to man. see what he thinks of it. Anyway, for sure for sure. All right, brother. Uh, do you want to test well, welder today? I think that this has been a really let you want to do it. Wait, what was that? You want to test welder today or do we just do it? Yeah, let let's go ahead and do that. Let's go ahead and do that. But yeah, I think that this has been another you know great Easter egg to the end of the show. I appreciate all of oh, you guys yeah. who are listening. We're doing this a second it. time. It's Work awesome. for it, baby. Yo, baby. Later. Do we do another one? (laughs) (laughs) Can we text him? Third Easter egg deep. Let me see. Um, No, man, I'm just screwing around. Yeah, we we can have him. We can end the show, yo. Brian, if you're listening, end the show. It's like talking. Uh, about let's the, you, you couldn't see me. The, you couldn't see me because I'm, you know, of course, on the podcast. But I'm like throwing my hands up to God. Brian, end the show. <laughs> <laughs> so let's see. Two. I'm gonna say if you don't get to it, um, you can chop it off at two ten. No, no, no. Oh, two three. ten. Now, 210. 210? 30. Oh, mine says 210.04. I just said, oh, I said it's 210 because you jumped in late. 210.30 because that's, you know, I did the lead up to. You can cut it at 210. That's right. So it shows, that's interesting. It actually shows the time from when you joined. So mine says 204. It's 210.30. Tell them to cut it at exactly 210.30. Perfect. All right. Um, welder. So welder looks pretty cool. Um, there are so many freaking options. The one thing I will say, you know, 
like I mentioned, we're basically looking at twice, uh, twice the cost for any other option, at least twice the cost, which, mm. you know, we pay 10. What's the cost of this? We pay 10 What's a month. What's the cost of this? 10 a month for cast. Well, shit. How much, how much are we getting from, uh, 90, Patreon? 90 a month. 90. Yeah, it's climbing, well, man. I mean, that that it kind of just kind of gets baked in with the sauce here. Yeah, that's know? what I'm thinking. And so welder's kind of neat. Um, what I like about welder, number one, is you can have eight up to eight people at a time. Um, yeah. There are some other features that are like take it or leave it, right? Um, it does, it does video, and it, you don't have to record the video, um, or you can record the video. But regardless, the people making the show get to look at each other while they make the show, which I think is kind of nice. Brian and I used to do a FaceTime call um, before, I think just before you joined, we did a handful of episodes where we would just FaceTime each other and then use cast to record the audio. And that was pretty nice, honestly. Um, so having mm, that... yeah. Um, it does this welder does transcripts, which I think, I don't know how that, when you'd ever use it, but, um, it's kind of a neat feature. Uh, and then obviously it does the streaming and so it'll stream up to five platforms at once, which is, you know, if we ever get to that point, something to grow into maybe. Um, and what else? Oh, same as like we have now, it does all the individual tracks for each participant yes that that i think is key for sure because on my end i can i can hear you okay but there's a couple times where your internet kind of got interrupted right and your megabytes per second like like right now it's right around mid 50s or so but every once in a while it'll jump up to like 150 yeah or like right there it just jumped up to 300 this internet and then every once in a blue moon Every once in a blue moon, it'll jump up to one like three hundred and stay there, and then we'll do jumps up to like eight hundred, oh, and yeah. like at that point, you're like cutting in and out, and your your volume's jacking up yep. and down, and yeah, like I can I can handle that just listening to you and like right in, interpreting roughly what you're saying, it gets and exaggerated responding to though. it just fine. But with with the separate tracks, you just get your clean audio on your side, yep, and it all and just I think gets too together, and it doesn't you do not hear that at all in the recording. Yep. And some of that is that um, cast and just about everyone I've looked at now, they do the local recording. So it's recording locally to your hard drive and then it pushes it, you know, up. So a lot of times yeah. some of that internet bandwidth stuff and it just sounds so much better. Gets right? weeded out. Um, so there's welder, there's sure. Zencaster, which is probably the most affordably priced I... option. I read I read the rest of your thing. I think because we're getting about ninety dollars a month from um, Patreon, I really think that we could jump up to the like the welder that's a little bit more premium. Yeah. And get the rest of those good options. Yep. And so and the cool thing about welder is they have a free, completely free, um, that basically there's very few there's very few differences between the paid for plan and the free plan um the paid for plan removes the welder watermark on the video that you record um, yeah but we're only doing that every once in a while i know and i'm like I well maybe so what i'm saying is i think we could roll with the free account 
and try it for an episode or two and then see if it's worth paying for or whatever. So we may not have to commit right away. You know, we could just give it a go. Um, but let me, um, speaking of, speaking of the financial side of things, like obviously we need to put money towards all of the equipment we just got. And I don't know how much of that is already paid for. I gotta get house to send me mine. (laughs) Oh geez. Really still? (laughs) Yeah. I still haven't seen it. At some point we're we've already got all the professional, you know, audio and, you know, all that stuff. Do we start splitting it three to three ways or something? I know, it's I, I don't know what we're Brian gonna and do. I have never ever talked about that. Talked about and it. I you know, yeah. it never was significant enough, but it might be time to now we're getting to the point where it kinda is. Yeah, and you know And I don't I don't especially being the new person, I don't want to be the jackass like oh yeah, I can I'll bring it up because like I'm like forever I've I'm all I'm all about being here whether I I would literally pay to be here just to talk to you guys. Like it's it's not right. like a like I'm yeah. I'm all about it. Like Me too. My, the 100%. time that I'm spending here is is worth it one thousand percent whether I'm getting yep. paid or not. And I don't know I think Patreon but, might even work where um, all the money you make just stays in Patreon until you pull it out. So like Brian might not have even pulled it out yet. I don't know. But, um, I, I don't know. I was talking to, the uh, Mike coffee who he is one of three hosts on the, another woodshop podcast, a hugely popular, just blew up, um, podcast. They actually, the three of them, uh, formed an LLC, <laughs> um, at together for the show because they were okay. getting all this money from sponsors. They were getting like 600 to $1,100 an episode from certain sponsors. Whoa. Yeah. Just Whoa. crazy, crazy dollars. And Mike was like, yeah, he's like, we had the awkward conversations. We had the uncomfortable conversations. He's like, and in the end, He's like, I, he's like, he has a a buddy who's a lawyer. And so he's always used his, you know, used him. And he's like, I just reached out to my buddy. We paid the, whatever it was, you know, a couple hundred bucks to form the LLC. And he's like, best move we ever freaking made. (laughs) You know, he's like, we did it early enough where, you know, it was like, it was done and dusted. Nobody had to worry about it anymore. He's like, we weren't making a ton of money at the time, but you know, we had just made just enough to justify it. And he said, we just formed it, formed it LLC and, you know, do it that way. And now yeah, like, that's, that's not a bad idea. And then I was trying to figure out the other day, they have met up in person probably four or five times over the past year and a half. And I, I said, so how yeah. the hell are you guys doing that? I said, you paying for that out of take money out of well he said the L- oh. they find a sponsor to sponsor the trip so <gasps> he's like um ben Ueda, both of us fly down to florida yeah. hang out with brian he's like ben Ueda has that. a um ben Ueda and uh four eyes furniture there's like three of these big youtubers that um they created a table leg company they make metal table legs and uh, he's like, it's semi-exact, it's called. He's like, yeah, semi-exact paid for those guys to come out last week. And they were going to do like a factory tour and all this stuff and make content around it. And and uh, he's like, yeah, they also paid for both of their air airfare and like a lump sum for lodging and everything else. He's like, yeah, we always find somebody to sponsor the trip. And he's like, mm. yeah. See, I, I, I really truly feel like, you know, 
bringing on sponsors like you you listen to a couple other podcasts and they yeah. they have to bring up their little sponsor bit like for instance the ones that Brian did for Knife Talk yeah. you know that's just a little button yep. that I'm sure you know yep. Craig Lockwood is just hitting on his roadcaster or whatever he's using yeah and these guys and it just plays out but like but the thing is is that you know it, they kind of have to ham fist it into the conversation to you know put it yeah. in and I don't really know if we necessarily want to do that too much I don't know. I think there's <clears throat> there are ways to do it. Like I would say the guys on another Woodshop podcast do it really well. They have a very short, maybe 15, 20 second ad read. Um, and it's not even they, they fit it into the conversation. And um yeah. I think we bring up enough, you know, even like today I was thinking when I was talking about that belt clip holster thing, I almost hesitated to mention the company name. And there's a lot of shows I listen to where they, they do that. They they won't say Home Depot or they won't say brand X or Y. Um, and I think if you fold it in that way, <clears throat> it can be fairly easy. The other thing that these guys do a lot is like they were sponsored by Macbeth Hardwood, which is a, a hardwood and tool supply shop in California. Primarily they have. They they uh they definitely don't sell to any sort of Hollywood or you know anything yeah. on screen or on, on because Macbeth you can't be saying right. that Come yeah, exactly on uh, but so they also sponsored a weekly giveaway and okay. so basically they got you know it was maybe a twenty to thirty fifty dollar something sandpaper or, you know a small tool or whatever they did it every week for I think like three months or something and so they didn't almost didn't even need to do an ad read. You know, they just said today's episode is, you know, brought to you by or sponsored by or however they said it, Macbeth Hardwood. They are sponsoring a giveaway every week, blah, blah, blah. And they went through the details of the giveaway. And that was kind of like the promotion, you know, pretty easy. Uh, we could also like, you know, Brian always puts in the, you know, the first little thing that he yes. reads off the, the ad pr- promo for just the work for it podcast. And then he does one at the very end, I think. Is that is that the um, – is there one at the very end? I don't, I don't, I don't remember or not. not. Yeah. See, I, I feel like I feel like they would want, like, that end spot. Yeah, I don't know. But, like, to be able to throw, like – it's already a, a two-minute or a 60-second thing that he puts it – no, I think it's closer to two, two and yeah, a half Yeah, it's a couple minutes, minute. yeah. You know, normally, like, when I'm listening to it, I just skip through Me all too. That well, I think everybody but, um, does, and that's where, you know, if I were – I guess if I were selling ad spots, I would probably encourage people to to listen to, to have like, it as it. part of the show, right? To where yeah, for and sure. Not be, I was gonna uh, say can't. I was gonna bring up the idea of throwing it in on that little spot right there, just yeah. like at the end. And of that our could thing, we could always maybe do put that in too, the yeah. or even if it was like you know we're having a conversation. And we bring it up, and I have a thing. Like, cause I think this thing can hold up to like, I, I think you can have like hours worth of like just on one button, hit a button, and it'll it's just an audio file, so yeah. it can be as large as it wants. It can. Yeah. So even if it's like a, a thirty second, you know, somebody records a, you know, yeah, we can do it by blah, blah 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 blah. Yep. And I can just have it on here and just hit a button instead of having the applause button that I never yep. use. You can or have the, it queued up. Laughter button I never use, or the well, I use that one. Yeah. That I feel I feel like the sad trombone. If I should have that, I should just pull out the trombone that's next to me. Right. Then there's a couple other ones like scary crickets. 
I feel like harp, maybe we could try to pull in every once in a while, but like right. scary and crickets, I, I can't even think. So there's at least four <laughs> of these buttons that I can just completely throw out the window. Yeah, you could just I would really like cue them up. I know I've talked about it before. I would like to have like an intro to WFI projects. Yeah, more segmented. You know, a couple other things. I thought about that. Right. I also thought about having a um, Brian and I had one for a little while. Uh, it might still be on the Google Drive, but have an actual like show agenda, you know, so that you know, like the segments happen I in the same like- order and. I feel like we're doing pretty decent do. about because like all of our agenda is basically we talk about we start out talking about our week we kind of get sidetracked with our own things and that's fine yep. um, and like that, that's kind of like how our show has been going and then we end it with talking about WFI projects doing a dad joke yeah. uh, thanking the Patreon and then get thankfully the hell out we of don't here. have too many segments you know um, it, yeah I've gone back and forth sometimes I think it'd be nice to have more segments you know but but i think that i think the charm of the show is the com- mm-hmm. conversation and mm-hmm. like you know we naturally deep dive on our own you know bullshit yeah. so like to try to segment it out i feel like would interrupt that right. that flow and if we ever get like years down the road and we're just kind of like not f- doing it as well yeah. maybe that's the point we can start start segmenting it out but i feel like that's way down the road in general that's kind of where the segments came from is that yeah we got to points where we kind of didn't run out of stuff to talk about but you know just kind of got to the point where it's like oh, it'd be nice to have a little something extra and uh sure sure yeah i feel like right now our flow is doing pretty it's well great. I, I, it's great i really dig it let me um <laughs> all right let me get this up here if you don't ha- I guess I'll just keep that joke in my back pocket. <laughs> if you don't have erectile dysfunction, you you don't need a blue pill. Exactly right. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm gonna send you. I'm gonna email you the link to join Welder, and then I guess. Well, shit, we can't even close Cast yet because if we do, it won't Wait, upload our. If we if we close the cast tab on our machines, it won't upload our mm. recording. Let me. Call. I don't. I don't think that's true because I always um, close out of my cast. Yeah, go ahead and call Brian. But or actually, it, but do you it's got to be so after. Um, what's that? You want me to call him and just have him on the recording here so you can hear him? Yeah, if you want, go ahead. Yeah, I think I, I think um, he's got to end it because it's only then that it uploads your recording. Ryan House. Ryan spelled wrong. Right. <laughs> okay. Oh, that's loud. <laughs> Let me go ahead and pull that down a little bit. We're just testing this. One little thing, mom, and then I'll be done. Dude, he's going to push me to voicemail. I'm calling it now. Jeez. Well, we can always test this in our time. Hello, you've reached the voicemail of Brian House and House Made Industrial. Oops. <laughs> oh well. All right. Yeah, I don't know. Do we do we have to keep the? I, I think we got to keep the tab I don't think open. that that's the case. 
I don't think that that's necessarily the case because I always jump out of it way early. But like it's always when, when we're when after he recording. Hits stuff, I think. Ooh, that's a good point. Because if you don't, because remember, like when when he hits stop recording, then it says uploading. That's a good point. So that's a I good point. I wouldn't close it. Or we might lose. Oh boy. Well, it's. I mean, it's All fine. I can leave mine open, and we can keep trying them. But I was thinking yeah. more about um, testing welder because it won't seemingly let me have. It can't share my mic two to two different things. So we can probably just um, test it another day. Um, well, honestly, I'm because I'm stuck here like a fucking prisoner. Right. Um. Oh yeah. Well, if he gets it close, <laughs> yeah. If he gets it shut down, then I can jump on it um, here in a few. Well, that's the thing is like I'm stuck here, so like I'm I literally am free for the next while. Cool. <laughs> I should be too. We're here for a little bit, and then we're gonna got a few errands to run before we head up to the hills. But um, okay. Yeah. Well, I guess we'll just go ahead and. Woo! Oh wait, no. So I've I've got to pull it up. This has been the Easter egg within the Easter egg within the Easter egg. This is Easter eggception. The whole Easter bunny. <laughs> we're so far Easter eggs deep. That we're like, Six you know, eggs deep. <laughs> losing our damn mind. Are we asleep? Are we, are we, uh, what's his name? Freaking DiCaprio. Trying to figure out whether it's a dream. Yeah. All right, brother. Well, I'm going to get skating. <laughs> I will. Right, you man. try house. I'll try house, and we'll see who gets them first. To... We'll just we'll just keep calling it over and over and right. over again, and maybe someday. Brian, quit fighting the post office. Brian. <laughs> All right, I'm out of here. Later. All right, see you, dude. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.